Welcome to episode 247 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man over in Oakland, California. He goes by the name of Randy Michael Stamp. That is me, and that is uh, my name that I go by. What's up? Have you ever gone by another name? I've had people call me Randall, although my real name is actually just Randy, but I allow it sometimes. Who has called you Randall outside of me for comedic purposes? Uh, a couple people I've worked with in the past. Really? They just take the assumption that they call you Randall? Yeah, I don't know. It's like a term of endearment, you know? But non-ironically. Like, they're just saying, hey, Randall, can you help me with this computer thing? <laughs> not so much like that. Just like, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, in, in conversation, not in a work situation, I guess. Also joining us is Russell John Fisher. Russell, what do you think about this? Uh, people just out there in the wild calling Randy Randall. I don't know. It's the type of person that does that shit. They'll usually oh. ask. And I'll no, say, no, don't. it's no. actually just Randy. But if you want to, that's fine. You look like a Randall. Yeah, I do look pretty square. It's hip to be square. It is. Amen. Randy, if you had a baby, you'd be a hot dad. Okay. I'm trying to get that dad bod going. You know what I'm saying? But without the baby, you're just Randall. Now, uh, Russell, I mean, but with you, like, you, you, but see, you're the opposite because you've got Russell, but people call you Russ. You're fine with that. Not normally. Rusty. Not me. We call I you fuck, Russ. Dude, not call me Rusty. Rusty. Yes. Here, do you want that? You want the sound drop? Rusty. Yeah. Rusty. <laughs> I feel. I, we've never set up that clip. You know what? I've decided I'm not going to. No context. Found footage for life. She was referring to me, though. That's not my name. That's not my name. Now, Oksana, you you say Oksana Valeria Valsachi is also joining us. Um, you, you you do you call Russell Russ, or you just call him Russell? Russell. Yeah. She calls me Master. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Unironically, that's what you want to have. Yeah. <laughs> you too. You're next. I mean, his dad calls him Russ. Uh, yeah. He I, he adopted that like. Not too long ago. I don't I don't like it. It's fun. People But your mom. As your mom as, calls you Russell. Yeah. As long as people are calling me, I'm good. <laughs> Call me maybe. I was thinking Blondie. <laughs> Call me anytime. There you go. Okay. Joining us on the show this week <laughs> is Calvin McCarthy. Calvin directed a film called Amneville Poltergeist, which is available now for rental. And Calvin also tells us uh, tales from his new movie, which is currently in production, in post-production right now, Mutant Vampires from the Planet Neptune. Uh, Calvin's a great guy. Uh, we got hooked up with Calvin through a mutual friend of the show, Zach Carter, who's been on many times and maybe on again. I can't predict the future. We all love Zach, but Zach is full of lies. <laughs> so we don't know if Zach will be on again. He also has a baby on the way. He might be. Does he have a baby? <laughs> Does he? They could have faked that ultrasound. I've never seen it. That's all I'm saying. Love you, Zach. Um, yeah. So enjoy, Calvin. Uh, great talk. But before we get to all of that, Oksana's got to tell us about movies coming out. Go. All right. The first one um, needs absolutely no more promotion than it already has so skip it shoved down our throats by a place two comes out friday the 28th. also coming out friday <laughs> the 28th i'm i'm like i was excited for this movie six months ago 
but I'm. That's still kind. I don't think I was ever excited Fun for it. Funhouse is also it. coming out Friday the 28th. Oh, Funhouse looks good. That panda head, I feel like. Polygon panda head. Sitting in the BFG kitchen yeah. table. No more plugging them. <laughs> um, when eight celebrities from around the globe are invited to compete in an online reality show, they soon. They soon realize. <laughs> you almost had it. You almost had they it. They soon realize that they are playing for their very lives as those voted off suffer horrific consequences broadcast live to the entire world. Love it. What is the chance that this is a bait and switch found footage movie, though? Strong. I think it's going to be a hybrid. Oh, break the internet or it breaks you. Oh, <laughs> look at that poster, too. Now, the poster is a girl strung up by her legs and her arms, and it looks like she's about to be pulled apart by many a horse. And on top of that, there's a opaque screen with, like, eight dudes in it screaming. There's women in there. Yeah, there's, if that's half and half. The, they, the com- now they're all bros. Like a, I bet it was, like, a one-way mirror that they, like, you know, made a window or whatever. Well, it's supposed to be, like, a laptop screen, right? No. I don't know. Okay. I no, I don't <laughs> That's know. how I read it. I have no, no idea. It looks but... like they're in a police interrogation room. All right. What else you got? I do want to see. The, is that getting theatrical or just VOD? Select theaters and VOD. So, so I, just I VOD. really doubt yeah. it's going to play out here. Although I 1000% would love to see it in a theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, that same day, women will be out. Select theaters and streaming. Oh, they let them out? <laughs> um, like... A small town detective investigates into a sociology professor when a mutilated body is found. Women have gone missing. But... I read a sentence. <laughs> um, for the record, the last word was class and you pluralized it. So oh. I'll give you a 95. <laughs> All right, Randy, cut my applause out. <laughs> she didn't deserve it, apparently. I, I haven't really heard anything about this. About women? I think they're doing good. They're not getting women. paid as much as they Randy, should. Randy, what do you know about women? <laughs> I saw the prequel, Little Women. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Clark hung out with one. There are monsters. Is that okay. it? Is that just? Is that it? Or... Yeah. I hope. So, it what is it. women? <laughs> what? Is... Well, a small town detective investigates. Okay. So, yeah, that, I don't know. <laughs> women looks like uh, a movie I'd love to watch with you. Right, so this is another VOD? Yeah, select theaters and um, Shutter. I mean, Shutter. Streaming. For any questions, queries, concerns, or comments, please direct us at podcast at overlooktheater.com. Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, the other one. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an enemy. It's not even my business what you do on your own personal time. The Overlook Hour is available on Facebook as The Overlook Hour. The Overlook Hour is available on Twitter, The Overlook Hour. The Overlook Hour is available on Instagram as The Overlook Theater. And The Overlook Hour is available on YouTube as The Overlook Theater. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an enemy, Randy. Uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. Boo. Until my lungs caught fire, unheard from the bottom of the well.
Then I murmured memorable quotes from James Wan movies like Aquaman and Fast and Furious 7, including Dom Toretto's observation, you can't tell someone they love you, unheard from the bottom of the well. What? That was terrifying. Just in time for Fast 9 coming out in a month. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so excited. Wait, was this a sponsored two sentence? Did French fry sell out? Oh, oh, it's French fry. Never mind. French fry sold out. Well, maybe he's working for an ad agency. The big, fast, and furious. No, we figured it out. He's working for Paramount or something. Am I the only one here who's a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise? Uh, define fan. Also, uh, yes. <laughs> I appreciate. These are my favorite uh, superhero movies. I'll take a Fast and Furious over a Marvel movie any day of the week. Yeah, that that checks out. Wow. Oh, how's it already got a rotten score? Thirty three percent. What? How is it out? Critic screenings. Well, damn. There are six reviews. Read them. It goes through the motions with more energy than intoxication. Oh, you're so proud of yourself, aren't you, Owen Kleberman? The <laughs> <from> Variety. <laughs> Can we send him a clip? Unless Fast 10 involves time travel, it's hard to see how this franchise could top itself. And based on the often dull, always bloated results here, it seems foolish to try, said John DeFore from The Hollywood (laughs) Reporter, as he's a top critic. Wow, that was word salad and it lacked a punch? That was garbage. Hey, John DeFore, you know what else is bloated? Your sentence structure. (laughs) Wait a minute. There's a little key on your keyboard that's called backspace. Maybe you should use it more often. All right, we're going to have to get a lawyer on the phone because I creepy. I think you're stealing Clark's bit that he never used. You know what? I will happily give it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, you talk about roasted tomatoes? Yeah. Yeah, is that what's going on here? Now Fast and Furious has <laughs> delivered its own very moonraker, an overblown and shambolic pastiche of former glowies. A form of glowers. Oh, God. You should have powered I'm out, through it. I'm out. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> you should, dude, if he would have just kept going, we would have never known. It was a good sentence. I'll, I'll pick up where he left off. Now, Fast and Furious has delivered its own very moonraker, an overblown and shambolic pastiche of former glories and franchise callbacks that long outstays its welcome, says James Marsh from the South China Morning Post. <laughs> What a hunk of snot that sentence is. Wow. A shambolic pastiche. Dude, he <laughs> came when he wrote that. God, the pieces of garbage. You know what? Let's do roasted to me. Okay. Next week. <laughs> okay. Coming out. It does. It is very frustrating. <laughs> does it make you fast and furious, dude? All right. So we're no closer to figuring I get, out. I get furious when I fast. Oh, I oh, don't. That's the new dude. Dude, that's dude. That should be like a good, um, like health documentary. Furious fasting. Yeah, the fast and the furious of like how you get angry when you fast. You're not. That's not a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. I'm making it. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, I was gonna say when I was doing my on one day like eating, one day not eating. There was a moment at work. Don't get angry at like two, two p.m. Yeah, where I would uh, colors would change and I would feel very zen. Now, what's the how's what's the longest you fasted? Oh, I don't know. You mean 
for health or for like a dare? It doesn't matter. What's the longest? Um, in high school, I made a bet with the dude passing in the hallway that we could like, you know, I could I could eat. Um, I could go longest without eating. I think I went three and a half days. OK, stop. What? Yeah. And then. OK, you, no, no, no. <laughs> a guy passing in the hallway. Yeah, I mean, he was a friend. Yeah, yeah. OK, we uh, we hung out enough to um, also uh, the homie. I trusted him, too. So it's like. He's the only other person that was dumb enough to like really hold to something like that on yeah. the honor code. So how's it happen? It's like, oh hey, what's up, Paul? Did no, you see like the new shit. did you see the new Wild Boys episode? Yeah, I, it was good. Hey, I can, I bet I can not eat for three and a half days. The only thing I can really remember about that was the way it ended. And in your death? No, no, at lunch. We were sitting there. We hung out very far away from the high school because we were cool and edgy. And uh we were sitting there and everybody was eating and we were just, I, I remember I felt like I started hallucinating at a certain point. Like I thought I saw a lady in a red dress, but I, I, I don't know. It was one of those things where you're like turning your head and it's like, oh, she wasn't there at the crosswalk. But then um, we were talking about it and he was like, dude, you know what? I want a fucking burrito. And I was like, damn, I always want a fucking burrito. He was like, uh, let's end this thing right now and split a burrito. You, you really went three days without eating? Yeah, three and a half. It was at lunch. Why? Because it was a dare. You are such an idiot, dude. It, it, it but, <laughs> but I believe this one hundred percent. Yeah, because you did that stupid shit with the live stream. You what stayed you away for like forty eight hours. What do you? That was a product that we put a lot of love and no, care into. No, but you, you had this little weird gear in your head. <laughs> you were like, I have to do it. No, I mean it's a challenge. It doesn't come up often, and I want to rise to the occasion. Rise to what occasion? <laughs> what do you mean not eat like no. what do you get out of that you know honestly the uh the marathon dude i love a marathon part of it is the brutality well, run one <laughs> well i mean oh god yeah i couldn't run a fucking hundred yard dash are you kidding me actually maybe i could i haven't been telling you because you always berate me whenever i tell you these dumb little challenges i've been doing mm-hmm. but i did 100 push-ups in a day mm-hmm. two days ago never never again? that's a bit yeah is that way too much to be doing that shit? But I was like, you know what? I got to do it. Did you do it? Yeah, I did in intervals, you know, like where it's like, oh, I'll do 10 here and 10 there. And then I uh, worked it up. And these, and these were all one finger push-ups, correct? Oh, yeah. No hand push-ups like Jack Black. No, but I did. Yeah, I did 100 of them. I was like, oh, you can do it. Yeah. I'm way close to like fucking 300 pounds. Like, And they're good form, too. Fuck you. Okay. No butt in the air I shit. I didn't say that. I, I trust it. <laughs> I trust the process. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know, it was kind of hurting after that. Yeah. So then I haven't been able to return back to it. Like I did it also, I'm doing it at work on the concrete floor in a warehouse. And also I'm uh, oh my God. I'm shy. Really? Yeah. So I don't want people, I don't like when people watch me work out. So. Dude, you're, you're going full Jared right now. Dude. With Jared? Subway? No, think. Jared Leto? Workplace. Oh, we did work with the... No, I'm not going to be climbing poles. In the I don't fucking, know. He would do push-ups on break. But see, that's the difference. But he would do it in front of people. Do you just go in the broom closet? No, I would walk in the back and go behind a shelf and do it. Oh, my God. I, I don't know if that's any better. <laughs> I don't think this no, is any better. It's not a performative thing. Do it here. No, I don't know. It's weird. 50 also, when you leave, I need 50 time. when you come home? No, I do. I would do like 20 before my break, 20 before lunch, 20 before the next break, 20 before I leave, and then I did 20 when I got home. I want to do it up to like, I want to get, I want to go high. 
Randy Hell's uh <laughs> is Jim Randy kicked back in? Oh, a little bit. I went on a run yesterday morning. I just now went on a walk this morning. Are you doing push-ups too? You trying to match Russ? No. I have done the hundo in a day though. It's definitely doable. Randy, how much do you weigh? Uh like one thirty eight. Wet. Randy, you're like a He's bulking up. I did weigh one forty the other day when I had eaten kind of like shit for a few days, but yeah. <laughs> No, I, I had a conversation with Randy. I think we were going to the Roxy. And uh, he told me there was a period in his life where he was dating broads and lifting weights. And he said he was getting pretty big. Yeah, Randy used to be 264. <laughs> I weighed like almost 50, bleh, almost 150 at one point. And it was like, you know, the 140 to 150 was mostly muscle. He had a ripped neck. He was really going for that Rollins look. <laughs> What were you doing, MMA? <laughs> you were a cage fighter? No, I'm just going to the gym. I can gain muscle really easily if I try. I just don't like to try most of the time. <laughs> Look at Jack LaLanne over here. Well, the steroids help. You should mention that, Randy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's taking like canine steroids. I got Rogan's guy on it. Okay, here's the thing. We're all going to start doing MMA, and then we're going to fight scary thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's going to be great. Clark, you in? I, mm -mm. I'd kill someone. Oh, braggadocious boy no, over I here. Just, I, you got your gear. I got mine. Uh-oh. When I see red, I see red. <laughs> you understand? I'm protecting everyone by not doing mixed martial arts. Oh, my God. <laughs> not only am I protecting myself, I'm protecting the public. All right. I guess it'll just have to be me and Randy. Because I would blow it up on street babes, baby. Also, I just, I watched the film. I'm, I'm teasing this, so don't, don't start guessing yet. But, uh. The characters, that could be you and Randy for a Halloween costume. Beavis and Butthead. No, oh, God. Come dude. on. No, no. We'll, we'll come back to that later. Assuming there's more here. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a bunch of shit I want to talk about. Do you guys have anything? You got any food you want to mention? You eating crab cakes or something? What? I don't know. <laughs> Am I eating crab cakes or something? Yeah. What? I'm not some Baltimore trash. Oh, <laughs> Baltimore will get some crab cakes. No, um, yeah, you know, I was kind of bummed out last week. I wanted to talk about a game I played on isolation with the BFG boys, <laughs> and I didn't. And I love this game, so I'm gonna take uh, this time. Oh my god, what the fuck is it called, Oksana? I love it that much. Buzzsaw Bloodhouse. Randy, did you did you get did you have the privilege of watching me play that on the live stream? Yeah, yeah. I watched for a little bit on Monday. I think I just watched you play that and then oh, I pieced out shortly combo? after. Public Combo, I think, released it. They're doing a kind of like it's an indie game and they kind of gave it a platform, I believe. But it is branded and you can buy the merch on the Public Combo website. Public Combo, I know we don't normally talk about video games as I never play them, but they kind of go for an old horror film aesthetic. And by old, I mean they do a lot of VHS filter or kind of like blown out film look. The aesthetic that Randy hates. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> okay. Randy has but, been very vocal on this show. He does not like that. So, aesthetic. but I mean, it's a video game though. Like it's more of like fake. Yeah, you know Randy the gamer. I know. Randy, Randy, what, what's, do you own a video game system? I do not, no. Oh, that is not true, Randy. ColecoVision. You got a mini uh nes that is true it's not hooked up to anything though it's in a drawer have you ever played it and it's modded out dude i played it like three times what'd you play 
I don't know, some old school Nintendo games that someone loaded onto it. You don't, you can't even you don't even know what you played. Uh, no, I don't remember. It was a while ago. He did beat me in Mario oh, Kart, though. I got a bad memory. He beat you in Mario Kart? Yeah, I've gotten better. The, <laughs> what, how could you get worse? He, he doesn't even know what game he played. He has the damn system in a drawer hidden under his underwear. Like it's like, I know it's modded out, dude. He's got like 200 games. <laughs> oh, God. okay. So yeah, Buzzsaw Bloodhouse. It's um the exact type of game I like where the format is. So Oksana made a video um, kind of reimagining the way that we look at like found footage or like, like kind of adapting in world camera film to video game. And you talking about the relationship you have with the platform and kind of interacting with the video game itself. This isn't that so much. It's it takes the form of a live stream on the Internet and you're watching girls run through essentially a maze of death. So like you just to set it up, it's a PC game and the controls are fucking terrible. If you don't like um, pre-rendered backgrounds like early Resident Evil. And tank controls this. I mean, this game's even harder because it's tank controls where you move. Do you know what I'm talking about, Clark? No, but I'm powering through it. Okay, so you you have to orient where you're looking and then press forward to walk in. We don't call them that. anymore. Okay, instead of like a joystick where you can like fluidly move around, you have to like look where you want to walk and then press forward to go there. So you have to stop and turn. It, It makes playing it a lot harder or you make these like wide berth turns anyway the way you i had a wide berth <laughs> like minutes ago when you were in the bathroom oh me too i thought oh see brothers yeah. randy uh no oh boo. <laughs> randy was one of those walmart bursts where the mom didn't even know she's like oh yeah i didn't know just came out also real show very disturbing um this game though it so you're watching a girl in a snuff live feed and there's a chat clark there's a chat now, one of the things I was talking in about game? in the game, it's fake, mm-hmm. I hope. One of the things in there is, you know how we watch movies like Spree and you hear how, you know, it's the director had populated all this shit. And a lot of the time you can tell you're like, that's one voice in a bunch of fake profiles. This game. So look at that chat up there. Yes. I don't think you can read any of it. Oh, I mean, uh, one says die cunt, tie her up and open her open up her belly. Yeah, they get very sexual in the same vein. Spill her something out. <laughs> yeah, so the the chat is constantly going on the screen, and they donate, which you know um, triggers an audio sound, which is very distracting. As again, in this game, the controls are very hard to manage, and you play um, a girl running through a maze. So it's a bunch of platforming shit. So you jump over blades, swinging. You navigate holes in the ground like in Mario. You go through a meat grinding thing. And then there's one room where there's a bunch of chainsaws up through the floor and you have to like carefully walk through them while they are blaring. And the whole the game really navigates it like overwhelming every sense. It's hard to control. It's hard to look at because there's two options. There's 1997, which looks like what you're seeing up there, like clear, but it looks like an uh, old video game. And then there's snuff. Snuff looks like a blown out three times recorded onto a new VHS tape, like impossible to see anything mode. And then you have the live chat, which is so vulgar and distracting. Like everything is just vying for your attention. 
and it's incredibly hard. So uh, I think when Randy was watching, it sounds like he didn't stick through the whole thing. I actually beat it. I fucking love that game. It's amazing. And I don't know. It's super cheap. Uh, it's through Puppet Combo. If if you fancy yourself a gamer and a horror fan, I highly recommend checking out that game and then everything else they have because they really parody film in an interesting way. Um, I like the game that takes place in a uh, convenience store. Oh, which one is that? I know the Easter one where you, you play as like a small child in a mall and you sit on the Easter bunny's well, in, lap. In that one, um, there's actually a uh, arcade cabinet that you can play another game oh, that's in there. No, they do that a lot. Yeah. There's one where you're a ranger and you're up in like a tower. I know that one. And the thing, the whole playing a game within the game is that, you know, the world's still going on while you're playing a game. So if there's like a killer lurking outside, it really adds attention. It's it, it, the game design is super smart with all of these. Oh yeah, Power Drill Massacre is the one that's in the uh, in that's the video game cabinet within the convenience store. Oh okay, yeah, that that game's tight. And I think their first one was Babysitter Bloodbath, which is kind of like a Halloween thing. I don't know. They're super cool. Um, I had another like tech adjacent thing I want to talk about. I've uh, got a new app. That uh, is also found footage of Jason. What are you, Huey Lewis? It's called the Citizen app. Do you know about that? No. It's a trip, dude. Honestly, I think you would hate it. What is this some political bullshit? No, no. <laughs> what it is, is it reports... Some Charles Foster Kane shit? So you get live updates all day um, on crimes happening oh, in no. your area. Why do I care? Here's the thing. It gives you notifications like, uh, dude, yesterday when we were playing D and D, I got a notification that said "man uh, assaulted in front of ramen shop." So what you do is you click it because these are all within miles of where you are. You click it, and there's audio uploads, video uploads, and photos. So people, you know how in like all the movies we watch now, there are people just standing there with camera phones. It's those feeds. I don't need this in my life. I know. I knew you would hate <laughs> it. I don't need this in my life. Problems do not exist if you don't recognize <laughs> exactly. them. Exactly. This is anti-ignorance is bliss. And I'll tell you, when at work, I was kind of shocked. I'm like, dude, we're down here in Hunter's Point. What they're trying to rebrand is Bayview. They're trying to do the big Hollywood Very stupid. And um, it's a trip because I'm like, nah, there's nothing going on. Then I get a notification. Ten shots fired. And it's, you know, down the street. It's like, oh, unconfirmed police on the way. And a lot of it is like the CB radio stuff. You get a direct feed from there. Um, damn. Oh, Pacifica. Three days ago, I got a notification. Whale washed up on the beach. Somebody on the beach is just like, oh, I feel so bad. Because it's just their feed from their phone. It's a fucking whale All on right. the beach. I would, I would, I, I would watch that. Here we one. go. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me pull it up right if now. If you get any more whale updates, let me know and I'll go watch Video. the whale. I, I mean, literally, you could drive out there and be like, hey, what's up, whale? Yeah. <laughs> Getting thrown it. around by the waves. Okay, let's see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I feel like uh, George Costanza in the Marine Biologist um, episode. So we got police activity. So even if, like, fire trucks are driving down the street, it'll be reported on here. Reports of shot fired. Uh, that's, uh, it's not that close. One shot detected. Now, of course, a lot of these shots fired turn out to be, like, four women fighting. <laughs> What if they're what, shots? That was fired. in Brisbane. What if there's shots of, you know, fireball? Vehicle collision, multiple or shots. Detected. Shots of the vaccine. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm telling you, this is some next level weird voyeurist shit. And it's 
I'll tell you, I've never thought about this for any other website, but you know, uh, you know how like Pornhub and shit, they have comment sections. Pornhub? Yeah, I've never heard of it either. I don't know. Um, Simpsons stuff. You know how there's like comment sections? Mm-hmm. It's like, who the fuck is commenting? Well, this app has fucking comments on it and they get fucking weird because a lot of the time people will be like, you know, gunshots fired, unconfirmed, and somebody will be like, RIP little. And it's like, uh, clearly this person knows what was going on, knows the people involved and is commenting on the post. And you get shit like people start arguing. We had a couple protests out here in the city on Friday. And one of the videos lumped in was a different protest. So people are going in there going like, hey, this is a protest for a local convenience store. Y'all mix it up. And then you can go to a feed and it's just you're watching it or you watch a car on fire. I don't know. Yeah, this is very Russell and very not Clark. All right. You know what? And it's a little dark. So I'm going to switch it up. I got one more thing I wanted to talk about. Are you ready? Sure. I uh, I need your help here because I, I wanted to do a stinger mm-hmm. and kind of have a, you know, go a little bit more radio. And uh, I needed a proper intro for, uh, again, this we're workshopping this. I'm thinking uh, we call it the TBR. I'm not sure what the R stands for. It could be report or recommends. I thought, what's that little bumper music? It's something I made last night. <laughs> I like nice. it. Well, it's, no, you're not supposed to like it. I don't know what to do with it. I can't take a compliment. Fine, I hate it. Okay, it's good. Shit, you fucking okay. idiot. <laughs> so the TBR, I've uh, convinced the former guest to be a producer. Now, that may be confusing as later on I try to get another guest, uh, <laughs> Calvin, to do a similar thing. Although, uh, our buddy Thomas Burke. Yes. He's going to be chiming in weekly with uh, films I should watch. Why do you do this to people? What do you mean? Thomas Burke is great. Again, if you don't know his. <laughs> you are such a suffocating. No, we're building a network here. We're loving gaslighting, film. controlling, manipulating. You know, <laughs> so you started reading BuzzFeed. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> Here's the thing. So Thomas, he, he wrote us this great email. See, now we got an email. You see how you do that? You just kind of lightly bully people with friendship. So now we got two segments in this. There's female bag and TBR. No, female bag. I mean, this could be. No, but this is the, this is the Thomas Burke report. Oh, TBR. The Thomas Burke report. <laughs> anyway, he said, uh, here's my first recommendation if you haven't seen it. It's a feature film from Matt Johnson called... Go ahead, do you want to berate me now or are you going to wait? Are you kidding me? Are you going to wait? You piece of fucking <laughs> right, garbage. I'm going to go ahead and cut your mic. Uh, called Operation Avalanche. Goddamn. AKA. Turn same, my shit back on. This, I did. I only turned it off for a comedic effect. I Randy, brought... how, how long <laughs> have you and I been talking about right. Russell to watch this movie? Several and years. Now, and now <laughs> Thomas Burke comes along. With the Thomas Burke report. Thomas Mark <laughs> Alright. Now where was where it reading before it's so rudely interrupted? <laughs> you are trash. Um a little backstory on the filmmaker is that he likes to run his sets rather guerrilla style. So filming this feature was really interesting because while the film is about a group of rookie CIA agents undercover at NASA, the filmmakers themselves had an actual had actually filmed this movie more or less undercover 
by gaining clearance to film at NASA under false pretenses. They essentially improvise any exchange or dialogue that is in the actual NASA employees you see throughout the film. So he said it's on Prime, Voodoo, Plex. However, since this is a rather popular film, it is possible that you've already seen it. So I'll go ahead and throw in a short film recommendation, too. I'll get to that after. Operation Avalanche, it's really good. On uh-huh. the short- <laughs> no, I took notes, okay? And I knew you guys would be mad. So I thought it would be perfect because you did recommend it. Now, here's my problem with Operation Avalanche. It's such a pat yourself on the back film. It's a movie for guys who like movies kind of thing. Well, it's mm, fucking. Let, t- let me tell you. Yeah, that's a common thread in all of his movies. Oh, OK. And you know what? I'll as far as which I'm fine with with what I'm interested in, which is, you know, the in-world camera narrative. This is a A plus mockumentary. Like when you really understand mockumentary and, you know, they're making fun of the format. Beautiful example. Yeah. And he even makes he goes out of his way to make the point through through the craft of the film, not through any spoken dialogue. But it opens up with that kind of heavily produced kind of. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, wait, so the filmmaker made that like this is hella flashy. And I thought we were doing. And then it quickly cuts to a dude going, what the fuck am I looking at? And he's like, oh, this is a pitch film. Like, I'm trying to pitch it to the... And he's like, yeah, this is dumb. I'm out. And I'm like, oh, beautiful. This is perfect. Exactly what I want. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking... It's... The problem I have with the movie, like Operation Avalanche, is it's just... It's really good. I don't know. I don't have a ton to say. Like, like, uh, we're not film critics. We don't work for, like, a fucking newspaper or anything. I'm not... It's just really good. I'm... I feel like if this movie had been made 25 years ago, it would have been huge. Yeah. Like if eyeballs were more focused on like what was being released, it'd be huge. We, I saw this in the theater. Randy, did, did we see this together? Probably. Yeah. Alamo maybe. I saw it at the Embarcadero. Oh, I'm completely oh, wrong. Okay. I don't remember. I saw it at the Embarcadero. Um, and by the way, five years ago, this came out 2016. Yeah. That's how long we've been telling you was. I know, and I knew that, and I thought it would be, it would, I knew I was going to get some guff from y'all, but uh, this is the way to keep me true. I mean, thank you to everybody who listens to this show and recommends movies to me, because I, I do think that's important. I'm just really bad at following through, so I knew if I had like a little stinger and uh, I really put it out there, I would, you know, I'll commit. Now you have to watch The Dirties. I know, but unless it shows up in a TBR report... I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. The Thomas Burke report. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really good. Uh, one thing I did notice is that it's kind of a throwaway gag. They did the floating pen yes. on the window. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, I learned that on the corridor crew. Oh, CC. You remember? Because we watched it like three times because yeah, you motherfuckers who love Kubrick really fucking love Kubrick. <laughs> okay. As a reminder, Kubrick's chill. <laughs> But I love 2001 more. Then what? Then, I mean, I, I am that was a, That was a bit for, or I mean, that was a uh, gag for 2001. You want to put me as like some sort of like, you know, Kubrick, like, you know, cuck boy. I get what you're saying. You like the film over the artist. I, I And again, I don't like space. But 2001, <laughs> a space artist. I don't know. Man. You do that Maybe kinda, my favorite film of all time. You do that pretty often. Where you're like, I fucking hate Christopher Nolan, I, but... I am a human contradiction. <laughs> you need to know this. Every personality test that I've taken, I have failed. 
I don't make sense. Uh, that was pretty good. I like that. Anyway, I wanted to mention that pen on the glass. At a point in the movie, they're talking about um, how in the, the beginning of the third act, they start to mention maybe we're in a conspiracy theory here. And one of the other cast points out, uh, you know what that means, right? It's like, it's bullshit. And I thought it was funny because they were blaming the CIA for setting them up. But I'm like, it's pretty well known now that the CIA created that term, conspiracy theory, just for that reason. Yeah. To, dim- to dismiss a dumb idea without even conversing about it. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. I wonder if that was like indirect. But also, it had one of my favorite things that happens in a found footage movie. The, um, the footage of somebody digging a hole in a wide frame. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And I'm like, I doubt it was made as like a parody. But like, it's such a staple of like the Megan is missing and like, you know what I mean? Like digging a corpse and it really worked well in the story. Um, again, they were not we dig a hole in the show every week. Yeah, I know it's kind right. of our thing. All right. Is that the end of, uh, no, uh, the short film too. I'll be really quick okay. here. He said, uh, I'd also like to recommend the nest. Lots of folks haven't seen this one due to the fact that it is unlisted on YouTube. Uh, but it is done by those filmmakers who did that famous horror short called the birch. And it's definitely up there on my favorite found footage shorts. Hope you like it. He sent me a link. I'm going to put a link. Cronenberg? I know. I, it's hard. You can't find it. Um, I tried to look it up on IMDb, too. So he sent me a link to direct. Again, if, if you're a uh, movie sleuth, like uh, many of you probably assume you are or would call yourself. I would never call myself. A I know. <laughs> You're more of a dick. I'm more of a sloth. You're a private dick. I'm a movie sloth. And uh, I like that too. Um, If you go on YouTube, you can find movies that aren't listed. If you go into the hosts video playlist, I know that used to happen. It's one of the things we bonded with Madeline over like five years ago. She's like, oh, look at all these movies. And we're like, how the fuck do you find them? Oh, before her death? Before her death. R.I.P. And uh, The Nest is one of those. I'll put the link on um, the show notes. Please can remind me to do that. But dude, the nest it's fucking good. Five minutes short opens up with a uh, girl documenting herself. And she's saying she shows a little bit of footage of her brother switching out some hair care product with glue and laughing at her. And she's like, fuck him. I'm going to get him back. I'm filming him with the girl right now. His girlfriend's going to be pissed because it ain't her. And where we go from there is great. That again, I'll put that up on the blog. Uh, we should watch it when we're done recording. It's it's really good. And I don't know. Again, uh, Thomas, thank you. Uh, I look forward to doing this. And the nest was that's a banger, dude. All right. I'll check it out. Send me the link. Yeah, w- we'll watch it after this. Five mm-hmm. minutes. You can give me that. You're not vaccinated. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So that's the end of Do you like it that much. I'm going to have to change it if you like it. But okay, you gotta workshop the name with me though. You like the TBR? Would you hit the button? The Thomas Burke Report. <laughs> yeah, TBR. Not sure what the R stands for. It could be the Thomas Burke Recommendations, Thomas Burke Review, Thomas Burke Records. I don't know. Email your thoughts. <laughs> I'll make it into a segment. I'll give it a stinger. All right. Are you no more talking? I got one more for- thing. Oh my no, god! Sure. I don't. I got nothing. All right, how many movies do you have at the end? Uh, one. All right, well, you, you already did one. 
And the one you did, we told you about 19. <laughs> I know. And you know what? I, I honestly, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more having gone to the movies with you guys, but it looks like you guys weren't going now, to the also, movies Also, for together. the record, we have tried to get Matt Johnson on the show. We've actually talked to Matt Johnson, and then he did not get back. So what him. happened was I emailed him. I do. I, you know, we just email people. And uh, I heard back. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're with the Overlook Film Fest. We know you guys. And I went, mm. no, we're not. And then that's where it ended. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that is not the first time that has happened. It doesn't happen often. Honestly, with the people we have on this show and the people we don't have, there might be five people that avoided us. Maybe. There we go. We're pretty on point. Also, I teased earlier at a costume for Halloween for you two as a couple. Yes. The leads in this movie could be you and Randy. No. Yep. <laughs> You, you could All do right. it. Well, I'm going to be cool. Guys. And you'd both love it because you're like these little like film snob motherfuckers wearing like old timey clothes. You guys would fucking love it. Who wears old timey clothes? You have a fedora. It's in Mississippi. It's well documented. <laughs> no, but you would be Matt Johnson and then Randy would be the other guy. Oh, yeah. The one that kills himself. The, well, the cooler <laughs> one. Oh, he kills himself. He hangs himself. <laughs> Spoiler. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking randy no in the movie oh okay i uh, for a no, minute randy's still with us <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah i'm done also randy if you do kill yourself don't hang yourself right. that's lame that's clark yeah again this is for the youtube yeah people. i don't know Go if through. I, I would do something cool that's randy <laughs> y'all would wear suits dude you clark likes it he's randy's, but Randy, i don't know if randy's a suit guy i was about to say i'm not a big suit guy He's not a suit guy. No, he's not a big suit guy. He's a little suit guy. He weighs like 130 wet. We no, know he's that. Not, he's, not, he's not a suit guy. Randy, do you have a suit? I have one for a birthday emergencies, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's an emergency suit. For what, emergencies? What are you, chasing ambulances <laughs> yeah, now? For like emergency weddings, you know, when I don't have anything else oh, nice to wear. Your alarm on the wall goes off and the red light starts flashing. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck, I need my suit. All right. For special occasions, we'll put it that way. I do like suits, though. <laughs> I know. I've seen you in your zoot suit. Oh, I would rock a suit, suit baby. God, you'd be the coolest clown on the block. Speaking of the coolest clown on the block, it's Randy oh. Stack. <laughs> also, I just licked the microphone. Oh, that's <laughs> gross. gross. At least it's your that... mic, hopefully. Yeah, but we've had this website <laughs> for five years. <laughs> Hey, the color's holding, though. It's still a like, pretty vibrant orange. Well, we're not outside. We're not on the surface of the sun. Yeah, but skin particles, like, landing on top of it and, like, really getting ingrained well, in I there. Cleaned it every, I clean this every week. No, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> All right, Randy, it's your turn. So last week I mentioned the Roxy Open, and I haven't been able to go yet. Mostly because, because everything's sold out. Yeah, things are sold out, which is good. You know, people are going. Um, but I did check out something on their virtual cinema. Uh, I think like after I talked to you guys last week, it's called Punk the Capital, uh, directed by James Schneider and Paul Bichot. Uh, I think it came out last year actually, but, um, I don't know. Might just now be getting a theatrical or, um, digital release. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's a documentary all about punk rock and hardcore, uh, seen in the seventies in, uh, Washington, D.C. Features a lot of uh, bands that I listened to kind of growing up and like when I started getting into the punk scene, like Bad Brains, Minor Threat, um, Void, a bunch of bands from from that area. Um, 
a lot of interviews with people from there, a lot of like old footage from uh, shows around DC and certain areas, and a lot of interviews with um, the aforementioned Henry Rollins. And we got Ian McKay in here. Uh, Jella Biafra is in there. Um, yeah, it's a it's a fun little doc. I kind of wish I was able to see it at the Roxy, but um, it was it was good to watch at home. Wait, I don't. Who, who were the last two you just mentioned? I only know Rollins. Uh, Ian McKay was the singer of Minor Threat. He started okay. like the Straight Edge thing. Oh, yeah. So yeah, Straight Edge and like kind of that sort of like hardcore scene kind of came out of DC back in the day and. A lot of those bands I listened to, like, that was the DC type of shit was kind of the stuff besides, like, Green Day punk rock I started listening to. Oh. <laughs> you know, now, I got, like, Dookie back in the day, the Green Day album, you know, when I was uh, rather young. And it was, you know, since they're from here, it was uh, kind of easy to get into that stuff. But, um, yeah, kind of like the DC hardcore punk scene was some of the more, like, deeper stuff I started to get into back in the day. You're yeah. fugazi. Yeah. I, uh, a little later, do- but yeah. I used to listen to it. Not proud. Listen to what? Dookie. Well, everyone did. I know. I didn't, because I had standard <laughs> as a child. Um. Also, we uh, former guest on the show. Uh, Henry Rollins. San Francisco <laughs> uh, film critic uh, David Robson did make it into a Roxy screening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. He, he, he went Paradiso? He went, um, I don't know. I think he saw Eraserhead. He, he texted me about oh, Eraserhead. Hell yeah. And he said they oh, um, they had a short and a, a drag show before, like a tiny drag hmm. show. So I guess they really made like a production out what of it. What short? A lens short? I don't know. Or he might have meant a short drag show. I don't know. I'm paraphrasing the text. Yeah. So uh, Aston Kutcher, he's in this documentary? <laughs> no. Is he a punker? I thought it was Punk the Capital. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get the joke. <laughs> you don't know. Oh, come punked on. the cat. Oh, let's go, okay. Let's go oh. for a walk. No, no, enunciate if you're going to. Punk. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's that, weird. You failed that one. I, okay. Hey, the capital got punked on uh, January 6th, if you feel me. <laughs> yeah, talking about the coolest clowns in the city. <laughs> Wait, Santino was on punk? Maybe. Oh, come on. I had no idea. Punk. He showed up. Duh. Punked. Stop. Well, the apostrophe D, it's a little too hip for me. I understand. It, Randy, it's confusing. So yeah, else? Roxy Virtual Cinema. There's also um, a Mario Van Peebles film on the uh, digital cinema I kind of want to check out. <laughs> Wait, follow that through. It's a me, a Mario <laughs> Van Peebles. <laughs> <laughs> so long, me Bowser. Oh my God. Besides that, I, uh, I watched a film, sci-fi film, independent sci-fi film by uh isaac esteban esban what oh the guitar guy isaac esban <laughs> e-z-b-a-n my favorite guitarist you could stand on him it's called parallel it's uh, a group of friends stumble upon a mirror that serves as a portal portal to a multiverse but what? soon discover that importing knowledge from the other side in order to better their lives brings increasingly dangerous consequences <laughs> oh boy so uh i really kind of wanted to like this movie i like kind of multiverse stuff and sci-fi movies but um i don't know it's not terrible um some of the effects <laughs> are cool um but some of the acting isn't great it kind of feels like a sci-fi as in s-y-f-y 
movie. Safe. Yeah, it doesn't look like as cheap as that, but I don't know. It's almost like it's almost like a too polished indie movie. Like the camera movements in it, like I don't know, are weird and kind of looks. It doesn't even look cheap, but it looks like um, I don't know. It's sort of like over stylized, and there's a weird goofy scene where uh, they like imitate uh, the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> hell random it's like thing. it's a uh, i don't know that was the only like kind of like funny scene in the movie um i don't know it felt really really bizarre and kind of out of place but um Damn. yeah i think it's on i watched, watched it on amazon prime over the weekend and uh yeah it's okay what the fu- first it's it's shocking to me that you pit you landed on this with amazon prime but also i loved hearing you try to like articulate what I often complain about, which feels like the lowest end of a studio production. Yeah. Where everybody's pretty in it and there's not a lot of like energy or effort. Like you could tell nobody really had their heart in making this project, even though there's money and they're, they're dealing with unions and there's kind of like a pristine to it. It, I, that is the type of film I fucking hate. I hate those. I would much rather watch uh, dad in his garage trying to make a sci-fi movie about multiverses but yeah also- i really liked the uh like the beginning of it like so essentially they it's like these tech people they're like creating an app they all like live together i think there's four of them uh the main characters and then they're like in a uh, this room it looks kind of like they're in like their basement and they find that like this wall is like a false wall and that there's actually a staircase like behind it which you know that's kind of logistically how do you not understand that <laughs> you know, there's this extra room in your house, but I was willing to go with it. But then they stum- load bearing mirror. Yeah. And then they stumble across this mirror in like this whole separate room that the staircase leads to. And uh, I don't know. It was kind of like fun and interesting to like see them discover like the rules of like how this thing worked. Um, so if it wasn't for the first like 25 minutes, I probably would have given up on it. But I was like, eh, it was interesting enough. I was just figured I'd see it through. Nice. I I love that. Also, once you watch a movie all the way through, you never have to go back. You're like, ah, I've been there, done that. Yeah. Now, talking about a logistics of a secret room in a house, what the fuck was that movie we were watching? Relic? Was it? Wait, Relic? Relic has a scene like that towards the end. I don't know if it's a spoiler, but I don't. I don't. Know it's probably metaphorical as well, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Wait, it was that movie. I think it, was it Colin Farrell? Who was it? It was one of those looking. To, I watched it with you two. In here, I'm talking to you and you oh, watch it with Bono. It's the one where it's like, um, oh my god, what's his name? Kevin Bacon. Oh yes. And then they yes, find the, like, yes. They walk outside and they have like, yes. What the oh, hell was that called? Shit town. You should have never came or something. Yeah. That movie was the first time you I've ever never rented this. <laughs> you should have left. That movie was the first time I ever had that thought that Randy just did. Where it's <laughs> yeah. like, how did you not know there was a fucking secret? Like, I, I mean, I, as a kid who, you know, I didn't have any siblings and I was bored a lot growing up. I always fantasized about you finding. Have, you have two sisters. I do now. But when I was growing up, we have a big age gap. I understand, but I just wanted to bring that. Oh, for sure. And, you know, all my friends that had um, siblings when, you know, when I was younger, they were like, don't you don't want that. Like, it's the worst thing you could have is like a brother or sister. But no, I was so bored. I used to fantasize all the time about like, oh, dude, how cool to be if there was a door behind this right now. 
And, you know, I wasn't thinking logistics, but man, now as an adult, I'm watching that movie. Was it Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon. Yep. And Amanda Seyfried. But honestly, the multiverse thing, it kind of sold me with that, Randy. I'm kind of interested in this movie. Yeah. It's not bad. Also, oh, the worst couple of all time. Side note. Uh, playing D&D yesterday, part of the treasure we found in this uh, abandoned abbey that was now run by a hag uh, was a mirror. There was magic, and we did a little bit of research, and Dan just went, oh, yeah, the mirror? Yeah, it's a portal to hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I could, I could not stop. Like, well, one, hell isn't really hell in like, D&D. There, there's, it's got to be more complicated. Yeah. But two, just hearing those words come out of, like, Dan, you could look him up. We've had him on the show in the past. Uh, we had Danime, our best segment we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, it's a portal to hell. I honestly, I cringed more at Randy saying it was a portal to a multiverse. <laughs> I'd rather go to hell. I, yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, Randy, how many stars? Uh, it's like a in between a two and a half and a three. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked. I was thinking one and a half. Or I thought no. one and a half. I was getting ready to be mean that you were being mean. I hardly ever go like lower than two. That is true. Okay. Well, what, what's the lower than two for you? Um, the room, which I haven't seen. You watched part <laughs> of it. Uh, Carnival Magic. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but that's your fault. You no, I think, I think <laughs> no, it's your fault. You have changed. You have uh, affected Randy in this. No. I think Randy liked it more, and you just the way that you just hounded. No, you hounded him literally an inch from his ear. Going to do it, check it out. The monkey's about to drive this car. Okay. And he's like, "Shut the fuck up! You're ruining it." Wasn't it. that bad, Randy? Um, yeah, somewhere in between. <laughs> the truth is somewhere in between those two uh, opinions. <laughs> That's fair. I can't. The Tom and Jerry movie from this year is like a one. Oh, by the way, Randy. <laughs> Talked to my mom on Mother's Day. She loves Tom and Jerry. <laughs> I was like, Mom, you may be the only person who liked that movie. Wow. Carnival magic. Okay. For all of our listeners, uh, Oksana went to uh, RottenTomatoes.com slash M slash Carnival underscore magic. And we were looking at the score, the tomato meter from Carnival Magic. Now, because uh, critics are uh, hunks of snot and they don't appreciate good film. It has not been reviewed uh, by any critics. However, it does have over 50 ratings from the audience score, and it is at 3%. Yeah. (laughs) I blame Pat Oswalt. Me too. I was going to say, that clearly is not them watching the film on their own. Jonah Ray. It is watching an MST3K bullshit. I don't see no... MST3K. Man, I've never flipped... Yeah. I've never flipped on a thing so hard. Now, again, when I was a lonely, bored kid, I used to love that that show and watching movies with it because it's kind of like an audience in the room. Like there's a dialogue going on about a film you're watching that's terrible. Schlocky horror pick that is neither creepy or scary. Gregory W., you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you're only supposed to roast critics, not the film. Get off of here. You're making him mad. But now, dude, like in the current climate, like you could be on a Zoom call with people watching a movie. We don't need it anymore. Carl Magic's greatest place. Also, I do think the MST3K guys, the original ones, I think they do a Twitch. Right? Didn't we figure that out? I've they never do... I've never been into that. I don't know if it was thing. them or you guys. Yeah, we don't need it either way. It's not like that. But you know what is my favorite? 
dildos. I'm sorry. I love <laughs> a nice dildo. <laughs> There's a show that came out on the Home Box Office Network called Generation oh. Hustle. Are you sure about that? Wealth? I want to say I want to say Generation Wealth, but it's Generation Hustle. Have you guys you guys uh, seen this? No. No. Came out on April 22nd. They dropped all 10 episodes, and I have watched, I think, four or five. Watched them all last night. Uh, we'll try to watch a couple before I have to get on the deck of this stupid airplane back to Phoenix, Arizona. This is a very interesting show that documents the links that young people will go for fame, fortune, and power. Essentially, it, it it's all it's a um, this is a uh, anthology. Okay. So there's ten episodes, but they're all separate, and there's no real like you know connective tissue except for maybe the aesthetic of how one is is uh, edited. Okay. Um. However, one um has like animations in it, so it's I believe each episode is directed by a different director. Um. So they kind of have their own aesthetic, but they're all within around forty five minutes. And they all document some sort of grifter, some sort of hustler, some sort of uh, sociopath. Oh, right. Um, so it includes the WeWork guy. Um, that, that's the one I'm watching right now. Uh, there was one. Did you guys ever hear about the Hollywood con queen? No. no. Okay. So. Um, con queen? Like she runs a con well, kind of thing? Yes. So essentially it was this man or woman. Um. As it turned, I don't want to spoil it, but that was interesting <laughs> because That's apparently new. there was a um, a person who was conning people uh, into making movies and uh, was making up deals and documents and forging all these things and you know getting people into you know their web of lies and you know really she stole about two million dollars from people uh, making fake movies mm -hmm. and um, towards the end of the movie they actually show the person. Uh, but they don't give a name. That one's okay, but it's an interesting story. Uh, I highly recommend the 23 Lies of Jeremy Wilson and the Alabama Exit. I think the Alabama Exit may be my favorite one, as that is about a guy, a nerdy-looking dude, um, is is little Asian nerd mm -hmm. who goes to Opelika, Alabama because they've got the fastest they Opelika, <laughs> Alabama because they've got the fastest fastest internet in the country. Okay, so he went there, started up sort of like a um, a startup workshop that had like ten startups in this giant area in Opelika, and had told the town that he's going to make Opelika, Alabama, the you know Silicon Valley of the South, mm -hmm. and um. As it turns out, he was just making stuff up the whole time and cool. um, lying. And um, boy, is my, puberty <clears throat> upon you? What is happening? I'm, my voice. <laughs> I need water. Um, do you do you want some water? So, as actually, as a part of that, there was a twelve-year-old who had invented a vending machine for medical supplies. Oh, what? <laughs> yes, and this guy used him as sort of his, you know. Yeah, main marketing tool. You raising the roof, and, <laughs> and he made um, he made up a deal where he was like, uh, the kid said, "Yeah, we had a deal to buy me out at uh, twenty million, and uh, I decided to not take the offer." And then everyone was like, "Why would you not take it?" Mm -hmm. That's when they started to raise the eyebrows of like, "What's going on? A twelve year old's not going to take a twenty million dollar thing for something that really already exists." Yeah, because that 
absolutely exist vending machines with medical supplies. Hospitals use them on a regular basis for pills. So, um, wait, really? Mm hmm. Yeah, oh, but it's much more complicated than that. Okay, I was yeah. going to say, what, it's in the alley? No. It's uh, like, I can't write you a prescription, but if you go yeah, down the back. Pills, <laughs> but but the technology's there. Okay. Cool. Um, very interesting show. And the 20 li- 23 Lives of Jeremy Wilson is about a guy named, well, they think his name is Jeremy Wilson. And uh, he has assumed the um, identity of 23 different people. And is just has gone around the country just grifting, and um, the way that he got caught is actually very entertaining. I ha- that those are the two I, I enjoyed the most. Okay, I got a couple I have questions. Seen. Yes, these aren't like I'm not familiar with any of these people. So are they? It looks like they all participate in the making of their episode. Um, no, that is not the case. Oh, okay, throughout because it is. Uh, situationally dependent weird i'm just trying to figure out what um is how they pick their subject matter is it all like social media kind of stuff or because that one in alabama it seems like it's local like you wouldn't know about them unless you were like no that was a big thing okay big story yeah because the only one i know is um anna sorkin Mm -hmm. you know like that like would she be on this show she was like the fake socialite like the russian girl in new york who was i i think uh, I don't know. Also, Alabama Exit sounds like a Dutch oven or something along the line. Dude, Alabama Exit does sound <laughs> like a Dutch oven. But Exit is a uh, startup terminology, a meaning that you have sold your yeah, startup. Because that's the goal yeah. for most people. Yeah. But it, it you really... Th- now, there, are, there have been multiple episodes I've watched this where they actually do have the person there talking about it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it, I'm talking about two, uh, the 23 lives of Jeremy Wilson and the Alabama exit. Uh, both guys are in jail now, but they both talk very candidly about comedy. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're like, if it's fame you're looking for, why wouldn't you want this yeah. platform? Even if, even if it's framing you as like right. a sociopath, very, very easy, easy watch, uh, fun show and uh, a little scary. All right. Yeah. We, we need a new show. We might check this out. And you don't have to go in order. I've skipped around. That's the thing. Like, find one that's interesting and just go with it. Yeah. I, I can do that. I Because I, I live my life. My judgment's bad, though. I feel like the good ones are always the ones that kind of catch you off guard. And if you're picking them, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going blind. Randy, yeah, we need a new show. We finished all of um, 60 Day In. And I don't know. We were thinking about revisiting BoJack so we could <laughs> watch the final season. Or... um what uh rick and morty because we abandoned that too or and these are all animated options but like even game of thrones we never I'm, i wouldn't ask you to for a recommendation there a lot of them are what multiple seasons waiting for other people to watch like no well i mean bojack it came out oh did, yeah that's one yeah that's the only one though bojack they came out after and we just i don't know you feel like you gotta revisit the whole show again before you get in the new season or is that just me bojack is just not i do that with some shows though. Yeah, I do that with um, Better Call Saul. That's another one. Like, I'd really like to watch that, but uh, I don't know. It also feels a little too adult for me. Very briefly, I do want to mention that I also saw Those Who Wish Me Dead. Your parents? A a teenage murder witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness with a survival expert 
tasked with protecting him, and a forest fire threatening to consume them all. This is starring Angelina Jolie, John Bernthal, Nicholas Holt, Aidan Gillen, who you know as Mayor Tommy Carcetti from The Wire. I voted for him. Also, in one scene, Tyler Perry shows up. Love him. Love a Tyler Perry. As a terrible FBI operative. Love it. Who uh, tells... Is he in a wig? Who tells Carcetti (laughs) to murder a child. (laughs) Now... Who the fuck wanted this movie? <laughs> All right. So this was um, written and directed by Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan is a name that you may recognize as he wrote Sicario. Yeah, I knew that. Taylor High Water, yeah. Wind River. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of Taylor Sheridan. Um, he went through a, I mean, he went through a hot and heavy phase, man, where it was just like the new Taylor Sheridan movie's out. And now we've got this hunk of garbage. Um, this movie's not good. Um, the first <laughs> the first twenty five minutes are really rough, really rough. Good boy. Um, <laughs> so is my voice. Are you? Are you? You're and, becoming a man. And, well, <laughs> Angelina Jolie, so pretty. Is she? She's not good in this. <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, I liked her when she she was CG in that three D movie. So here's here's what's happening. Beowulf. Beowulf. Yeah, Beowulf. There we go. She plays uh, sort of a renegade firefighter forest woman who gets in the back of a truck, jumps. uh, The truck is going 60 miles an hour down the road. She jumps up, throws her parachute on and parachutes out of a moving truck. Oh, my God. CG. There is so much horrific CG in this movie. So (laughs) much CG fire. Again, and you know my favorite death is death by CG fire. I... <laughs> so we've got. So essentially, what's happening is that uh, something happened, and now we got Tommy Carcetti and Mad Max are running around in their little uh, car trying to kill this very European guy who's trying his best to maintain his American accent. <laughs> but you know for a fact, he's got that, that like the Liam Neeson voice. Okay. Of like, you know Liam Neeson's trying to do his best American accent, but it's just not working. But we we let him go because it's Liam Neeson. Yeah. And his wife died in a skiing accident. He's a hell of a character. Yeah. And we like Liam Neeson. But, um, so this guy plays a guy who knew something. Now they're trying to kill him. And they shoot him while they're driving down the road. And his son watches his dad die. The, now, I will say the best part of this movie is the kid who's acting it. The kid does a great job. The kid, man. Yeah, that's the kid. He fantastic job by this kid. <laughs> I mean, he has All right, his, book him up, his dad got shot. He watched his dad get shot. Then he tells Angelina Jolie his, di- his mom died of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> he's got no he's crying the whole movie. OK, this kid is crying the whole movie. Um. But is it, yeah, so yeah, uh, Mad Max and Carcetti. Oh, you call him Mad Max because he's the one that he's huffed nuts. Chrome. Yeah, yeah. So they they shoot the guy, and now they're trying to kill this kid for the whole movie. And they almost kill a pregnant lady. They don't. Uh, <laughs> Carcetti has this. Uh, that that is. He's like, I I I won't I won't kill a pregnant woman. But if you don't answer this, I will kill a pregnant. <laughs> That's essentially what's happening. John Bernthal's doing the John Bernthal thing. He's just like, let all right, look cool for all right. an hour. Is this an alimony movie? Like, does does she need money? 
Is that why she's doing it? Or did it feel like somebody really gave a well, fuck? Well, it seems like an alimo- an alimony movie for Taylor Sheridan. Like, but it's, his career is, I, so new. But I hope he got a nice paycheck out of this. But I mean, like, Angelina. This is a weird movie. She doesn't act a lot anymore, I don't right? Under- so she's in that M- Maleficent uh, thing. Oh, that's right. Because, um, yeah, I was watching this with Amanda. We were talking about the same thing. And we were like, what's the last thing she was in? And it was Maleficent. Weird. Which I refuse to watch. I mean, weird. You're hanging out with a girl. I mean, you know. <laughs> you related to her? It's completely platonic. <laughs> no, but it's what a fucking weird movie. Actually, you know what? It's kind of like the puppet combo game where you're like a ranger out there alone up in the tower. It would be much cooler, though, if somebody was trying to murder Angelia Jolie. Angelina? What's Angel- her name? Angelina. Angelina. Okay. Angelia. Angelina. You know who her father is? Uh, do you really not know who her dad is? I do, but I can't think of his name. You know I'm bad with that. John Voight. Okay, John Voight. Yeah, John Voight's LeBaron. Yeah. He bit the pencil. He bit the pencil. <laughs> John Voight's teeth marks. Dude, I know you're pumped for that Friends reunion. I didn't know that was a thing. And Randy? I knew it was a thing, but I don't give a shit. Uh, Matt LeBlanc? Okay, I, Friends this, is trash. I hate dude. Friends, too. But uh, I heard a little bit of the tea about the Friends reunion. Apparently, his voice is really fucking weird. Who? LeBlanc? Is it Matt LeBlanc? I don't know. I'm, I'm in territory. Or Perry. I don't know. I heard, because everybody's like, oh, who's aged? Who has an age? And a couple of them look great. Uh, maybe it's Perry. Because he looks like a fucking corpse right there. Well, in that Perry's picture. been getting into trouble because he's been hitting on 18-year-olds on Raya. Uh, they're legal. <laughs> and the last Dude. dragon? God, look at that spray tan. Dude, he's got a fucking five head. He looks like... Dude, he looks like an evil scientist with like an elongated skull. He's got a little weird he, little butt chin. Didn't he have like a pill problem? I don't <laughs> that looks like the least of his problems. He probably was hitting up that vending machine Clark was talking about. <laughs> He's like, fuck, they got him in vending machine? Shit. Yeah, yeah. fuck this. Fuck and I friends. have no idea why the movie's titled that way. No idea. What was it called? Like Rescue? Those Who Wish Me Dead? There's two <laughs> assassins. <laughs> That's who wants them dead. Well, there's, the, there's another backstory that I failed to mention. So Angelina Jolie is haunted from her past because she let two boys die. Oh, that video of the Alabama because exit got out. She saved herself and not the two boys. So now she's haunted. She did a Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> she ran out when the fi- the building was going the down. The sea was angry that day. <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh, four, four and a half stars. All right. Wait, you don't, you're done with your movies? See. I thought you were going to watch more. You had your Saturdays back? I watched, was uh, I watched The Killing of Two Lovers. Randy Retread. It's great. Uh, what's your, um, rating? Randy, let me ask you a question before I give you my rating. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are you wearing? When, when, um, our protagonist and, uh, his, uh, jilted wife are in a truck together and they're <laughs> out in front of the, their house. Yep. And he sings a song. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Is that... Not the most cringiest thing you've ever experienced. It's pretty cringy. It's it's so cringy. The killing of a sacred deer had a moment with the covering of a song. Uh, Yeah, but that's way. But it was beautiful. It was great. It's like the best moment in that movie. This one. Oh, but uh, it works though. What's what's the song? Work. But oh my! No, it's a song he composed. 
because he's singing to her because they're oh, going they're no. going they're going through um a separation. A separation. A separation. <laughs> so th- they are separated and um he's just frustrated with the whole thing so he wrote a song for her and is singing it to her in the car. Now the, the beautiful thing about this movie and I didn't want to talk about it cuz I'm trying to get out of here on time but I get it. Uh I love the camera work in this. It's just we have so many shots of where the camera's just sitting and we're we're far off and maybe we don't hear a whole lot of the dialogue. Um but I I I like I like the mood in the universe that the uh that this movie created. Yeah. Now I'm in it for the whole way. But man, that song, I just I want I want to fast forward through it. Because <laughs> I just got so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. So what's the final take? Stream or skip? No, stream for sure. All I right. really, really like it. I, I just think, read that. I thought it was obnoxious. So I really I'm like it. it. All right, my turn. I don't talk enough on this fucking show. And I got a movie I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> i'm sorry i wait you have hella time before you need to fly out i don't i just don't want to do this all day oh i on the other hand i love our audience and i love the network and the community we've been building and cultivating so and i would yourself. love to do it all day not 22 shots of i know <laughs> i know i yeah don't check out that show or do it i don't know i think honestly our audience might like their show anyway um I watched a movie with Jasadi last week after we were done recording. Love you, Jasadi. Uh, when is your podcast going to come out, you fucking idiot? And uh, we went downstairs and we jumped into a Jorge Torres Torres film. We uh, got on Amazon Prime and rented Shadow Zombie from 2013. A southern tale of love and death set deep in Louisiana country. A lonely drug dealer finds peace when he transforms into his alter ego Shadow Zombie. Now, this film is to a T that kind of like you're a, how do you describe it? I, I'm trying to find other ways to articulate the aesthetics of these films other than just comparing them to like Larry Clark and Harmony Kareem. Right. But there's really not an avenue for it. Yeah. And if, if you want to compare it to Jason Banker's work, I mean, that's kind of, it's not very valuable either because him and Jorge Torres Torres are buddies. But it's it's a it's a slow cinema film about uh, a dude and you just follow him and his life is very different. He doesn't have a lot of money. It opens up with him trying to sell drugs at a skate park. I mean, you can't really get more, you know, like Ken Park. What's up? Rockers vibe. Now, I'll tell you, the thing is, Jorge is a fucking master cinematographer. And I actually got some feedback about our interview with him. That was uh somebody lamenting that we don't know enough about like the technical aspect of film Mm -hmm. and even the brief little insight he gave into how he filmed it was you know very insightful just you know i don't know i can't tell the difference between a camera in the interview later today um calvin mentions a camera that he shot it on and he had the kind of context where it's like this is kind of a crap camera we're not gear nerds bro yeah so uh, i mean i'll try in the future to do it more i mean clearly the cinematography in fucking shadow zombie is beautiful it's a film that if you had no synopsis and you came in dry and you watched it in a fucking independent theater you would leave at uh probably 2 p.m and just be like man that's fucking a moving movie there's one standout thing in this film though 
that uh, Larry Clark and a uh, Harmony Corinne have never done. And I don't know if anybody else could even pull it off because there is a CGI ghost in this movie and it's fucking bizarre how it manages to be incredibly good. Like, so we're dealing with a uh, character who he puts face paint on. He's a very skinny white dude. I'm sure we've all like ran into this guy. Randy. Who, me? <laughs> yeah. Right. No, not, not like Randy. He, he lives, he takes care of his father. And uh, they're which Randy would never do. They're they're below the poverty line. No, Randy's got a suit waiting for him to go. (laughs) Yeah, emergencies. And and we just follow him. And the thing is, you can tell this this dude's probably not happy. And the the way that the movie is captured and the story is told is you get uh, vibe of depression. And he's a cool dude. People like him. He's at a bunch. He goes to a bunch of parties. He knows a bunch of people. He's always alone. And it's not that people don't talk to him. It's just he doesn't really engage with them. And about, you know, at the end of the first act, there's a he comes around a corner and the camera doesn't move. We have a wide shot of uh, Louisiana and it's beautiful territory. You can tell the city and he's just walking through. It's nighttime. And uh, as he moves from, uh, you know, the foreground on the right coming towards us to the left, something follows him out and it's a disembodied like ghost that's clearly digital the, the only thing i can compare it to is um our boy uh our boy uh koji who does all the found footage films from japan and he has very confronting digital ghosts and we've talked about it on here before this digital entity isn't made to like blend in or look real like whatever a real ghost would look like it's there and it's confronting but it's also not it doesn't demand attention So you notice it that one time and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what are we getting into? And as the film unfolds, you start to notice it in the background. And it's it's not hidden, but it's not obvious all the time. And there are a couple of times Jasadi pointed out I hadn't seen it. And then by the end of it, you start to wonder, like, what what is it? And it, it kind of I'm not sure. And I mean, I would hate to unravel the enigma, but it's kind of a beautiful way to confront a lingering depression or even, you know, I, I say depression because I think that's the most obvious application of this CG ghost. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the film, you might be questioning what it is. And again, it's just a slice of life movie, like any Larry Clark thing. And it kind of, uh, I don't know. It's just impactful. It's fucking weird. Jorge Torres Torres. The fact that we got that guy on here is uh, a pity. He should be doing like real, like, you know, director's guild shit, like talking about his eye because, dude, he's fucking great. And we are going to try and get him and Jason Baker. All of the guests that come on the over. Oh, for sure. You know, I didn't mean it that way. I love everybody. I'm just saying this dude. Um, I mean, I yelled at him on the show. I'm like, you hide your work. You yell at everyone. I do. I yell at everybody. Shadow Zombie. Go buy it on fucking Amazon Prime. I think it's ten dollars, maybe. It's okay. It's le- I think it's like four dollars on there, and to rent it's like two. The sixty percent markdown, dude. I dude, it, how much is it? It's five dollars to buy it. Just blind buy it and watch it if you like those type of like impactful indie films. Oh, I I should mention. Yes, it's not just kind of like a dreary Harmony Korine thing. It gets surreal in that way too. Like like if you're into Gummo for all the weird moments of like, uh, this guy's wrestling a chair at a party. 
this movie has a scene where uh people bring a couple blow-up dolls to a pool mm-hmm. and uh they somebody starts stabbing one of them for sex no uh they gut the the blow-up dolls and they wear their faces and they start fighting poolside i've never seen a, f- a scene okay the wording here I, I wish i could do better i've never seen a scene evolve like that to where we know how we got there but then it fizzles out like a dream like the unche andalu shit and stuff like i understand how people are like oh non-linear logic and like it's dreamlike that i was like that is fucking it's beautiful so watch it for that it gets weird and creepy and there's a ghost i know i'm long-winded today i was very excited to hang out with you uh clark has been home all week it's a treasure to have you back although i wish you would shave very little i know it's true but why you want me shave yeah i don't like it it's scaring me why you're looking rugged I know I've been getting compliments. No, you haven't. Rugged. Who Clark, the fuck gave you a compliment? It I'm out there in the wild. It looks like you're going to put on a brown leather jacket. I've got one. I don't. Oksana, help me out here. Come on. What do you think? Face? No? Shave? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't I agree with the bully. I haven't thought about it that much. Okay. That's a fair I assumption. have. I've stayed up at night. Look, I'm not trying to infringe on your territory because I know this. It's this my brand. Good. If I see one fucking ring on a finger, we're going to have problems. That will never happen. Because I have. That's my gimmick. Again, if I I would have one pinky ring, I would do it. Okay, ring. you could do that. A square gold ring with oh. like a big bow gem in it. No, I would. it would be a uh, Freemason. <laughs> I'd have a pinky Freemason ring. And then you'd have a fez on. Just for kicks. Dude, all right. So my dad was a Freemason, very protective of his fans. What degree? I have no idea. He didn't. He honestly did not like talking about it. Of course he, you don't. And he he refused to let me wear his fans. Really? Refused. <laughs> Wait. He was. Yeah. I didn't know the Freemasons had a fez. Oh yeah. I thought it was that other group, the uh, what's the one out here? The Odd Fellows, Stonecutters. The stone, yeah, the stone. I'm turning your mic off. Okay, no, I thought it was the Odd Fellows, but he also had a maggot in formaldehyde. Did he have a um, like one of the like emblems on the back of his car for the Freemason no. thing? No, he he probably wasn't thirty second degree then, no. because you know what they they put him on their car so the police don't pull him over because they're like oh Freemason. You don't fuck with them. Silly pretend time for sad old people. <laughs> it's boomer pretend time. All right. Uh, that's it. End of show. Uh, enjoy the it's interview. It's not the end of the show. Well. I got another segment I didn't tell you about. Enjoy the interview we've got with Calvin. It's a banger. We'll see you next week. Calvin, I'm, I'm Clark, by the way. Nice, Damn, to, meet you. nice to meet you, too. Yeah, man. Um, yesterday, I was doing... Um, Do I get an intro? Your name is Russell. Okay, thank you. Calvin, I love you, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love you, too. Thank you. And then Randy's a little uh, weirdo engineer. That's me. <laughs> nice to meet you. I love you, too. No, back <laughs> you to too. Yesterday, I was doing a load of laundry. <laughs> inside my load of laundry, my vape pen went inside. <laughs> I washed my vape. Mm. So I let it dry out yesterday, and this morning, it worked. 
Oh. See, I'd be too afraid to hit it after that. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm taking a chance. I took <laughs> a chance. It's working now. I'm weirdly health conscious about that kind of shit. Like, but, I, but, I, but, but vapes are weird anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. know they work. It's terrifying. I know. I just I don't cough up black shit nearly as much with well, that's uh, vape as I did with cigarettes. Yeah, but but, but with vapes you can get what they call popcorn lung. Maybe, maybe. which sounds <laughs> terrible. The jury's still out on that. Oh, was that so? Yeah, I, I think re- so. Doing great uh, copious research on popcorn lungs. <laughs> yeah, I say that as I cough. <laughs> Caramel corn lung. Uh, Aqualung. Dude. Oh, God. All, All right. right. I'm going to need a Xanax, too. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of waking up. Yeah, so if yeah, I sound, I know. They, if I sound out of it. Clark's work's got him on a weird schedule, so we've been pushing guests earlier in the morning. I don't like it either. No, you're good. I mean, it's 11 a.m., you know. I, I, I shouldn't be such a piece of shit and still be <laughs> sleepy. You, you a late riser there, Calvin? Uh, yeah, I've I've been getting there. You know, I uh, I don't I don't have uh to go into the office or anything anymore. So it's nice. I get to sleep in, stay well, up late, celebrate your freedom and the freedom I, of your own mind. Because I my know. anxiety will not allow me to sleep. <laughs> in I can't do it. I can't. I can't sleep in past. I could go to sleep at two in the morning and I'll wake up at six. Ugh. Yeah. Every uh, time. I hate that. Every time. Yeah, I, I recently developed a um wake up at six forty ritual and I don't know why. But now <sighs> when I wake up and I, I, I'm like, I don't even want to look at my phone. Because I'm like, is it six forty? Like what the fuck is going on? Dude, your body every time I, <laughs> I wake up and uh, same with my uh my uh, my constitutional schedule. <laughs> it is on the dot, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm still recovering from uh, a shoot that I've been doing. I actually go back out to Seattle um, in a couple days for it. But we had been shooting from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. That was our, our schedule. It was just very weird. We were all living on set at this, uh, this like, kind of faux castle that they rented. And... Uh, in Seattle? <laughs> it, uh, this was actually uh, in Oregon. Okay. Um, and then our other locations are in Seattle. But yeah, the inside of it was obviously some house built in the, you know, probably the 60s. But when, I'm guessing when these people bought the house, they just like put a bunch of brick outside and said, oh, it's a castle. Rent our castle. Yeah. Uh, what, what the hell is a faux castle? Like. I mean, it's not a genuine castle. No, Northern America. There, there, there are no castle, real castles in Oregon. But yeah, there are wait, really? Castles. <laughs> I don't we, know. I'm guessing. We got to have dragons out here. Where, where do the knights stay to fight them? Wait, now in the faux castle, was there Wi-Fi? There was, yeah. yeah barely. <laughs> I mean, I'll take a barely Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, the roof leaked. It was, it was pretty bad. I probably shouldn't talk too much shit about it in case... <laughs> So I mean, how, how many, I'm just an actor in it, but how oh. many how many weeks was the shoot where you had to do this graveyard shift situation? Uh, let's see. We were there for uh, probably about two weeks, and then we have a couple. I think we have like four or five days up in Seattle, starting on the 25th. Yeah, like two days from now. Was that a tough thing to acclimate to, or you just were able to roll with it? 
Uh, no, nah, I'm a night owl. I like it. Night, I, you know, I I can kind of. I don't know. I I really like acting. I've always I started as an actor. Um, it's probably what I feel like I'm best at, hopefully. But uh, so I I don't know. I get really into it. You know, I can kind of roll with just about anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at your page here. I mean, you've got 63 credits, man. You're you're working nonstop. I try to. I don't like you know when you stop. That's when like. The crazy comes back, you know. <laughs> Just trying to run from the crazy. Exactly. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I prefer to sleep from the crazy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, we, we all have our different methods. <laughs> well, I do too. I was, you know, <laughs> sleeping up until this podcast. <laughs> I looked. I looked at my phone and I said, uh, "All right, at ten fifty, I'll sign on." Now, Kevin, what do you know about this podcast? Uh, I, I don't, I actually, I don't know much. There we go. Now, no, I, I think it's important that we remind our audience that uh, when we talk to people, we're, we're meeting them for the first time live on here or live to record. Oh yes, but, totally. Yeah. And on top of that, now, Calvin, the, the reason we reached out to you kind of hurriedly with short notice is, uh, we're buddies with Zach Carter. That's right. Yeah. He, yeah. He shot us an email and was like, hey, man, like my buddy's movie's coming out. Now, he did this months ago. And, uh, you know, anxiety will dictate your life in many weird ways. With me, it prevents me from reading email a lot of the time. And uh, yeah, going same. back through. Yeah. And it, it's like, oh, shit. Zach was trying to get his buddy over here. So uh, we hit you up. Thank you with the very short notice. And uh, we're trying to get like a crash course into your um, discography. <laughs> And the first thing we noticed was one, you're you're very young. Fuck you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Now 63 credits Clark mentioned earlier. That's just acting. Now how many movies do you have under your belt that you've directed? Um, okay. Uh well, real movies, real movies or or wannabe fake movies. Uh what's the distinction there? Uh there there are some that I think are just barely a movie it's kind of like put together with like gum and and twigs and it's like sure there's like a beginning middle and end and there's like 80 minutes but uh i I, yeah it was like just trying to figure out like how the how how can i fucking do this you know was like the first the first couple that i did and i think that they're on youtube through some company called kings of horror Oh, okay. Um, what was it like interacting with them? Because I see they post, I feel like they went from a weird bootleg channel that would mm-hmm. just throw up movies until the director chased them down. But now I feel like they're actually working with Yeah, filmmaking. Yeah, they are. They're, they're pretty good. I mean, they're not picky. <laughs> you can just email <laughs> them and, and say, hey, I have a movie. And they'll say, sure, here's a contract. Oh, uh, okay. So you actually contacted them? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I I don't know, because I love YouTube, and they pop up every now and then, or every now and then somebody will shoot me a link from uh, Kings of Horror, and half the time it's down by the time I look at it. Oh, really? I'm, man, I was just curious. I'm like, I wonder what the negotiation is here. I mean, clearly now they seem more legit, especially if they're having you sign a contract and everything. But it, I don't know. YouTube's a weird social media because there's not a lot of interaction with the crowd. Like you, 
right? Right. Yeah. Um, it, it has, it was definitely interesting. And it's funny that you say that, uh, that, that you weren't sure if they were like a legit distributor or not. Now yeah. I wonder if when I reached <laughs> out to them, if they were like, what, you know, who, we got to come up with a contract now. There's like <laughs> some dude wants to put his movie on our channel. No, there's of- clearly there's been a uh, a shift in that direction for sure. Yeah. I mean, they have 1.22 million followers on. Yeah. That. So if you want to get your shit seen, that seems like it's doing better than fucking Netflix or anything. Yeah, yeah. So like the first few, it just seemed like a no brainer because I mean, it was made with like a you know a Canon T3i and and like you know. Just nothing, right? The first, the first couple movies were just trying to figure out how to make them, um, and I just, I just wanted them to go out there because I think, like, as an actor, the the most frustrating thing in in the world is when your movies don't come out. So I always tell people, like, come hell or high water, I'm like, look, you might hate the movie, I might hate the movie, <laughs> but the movie's going to come out, goddammit. And it, because I, I, I absolutely hate when I make a movie and it does nothing, when I'm acting and it does nothing, and I feel like I wasted my time. So that's always number one. So that's why when I found Kings of Horror, I just, you know... I kind of just gave those movies away because I knew nobody else would want them. Well, how how often has that happened? What's that? Where you've had uh, you've made movies and they not come out? Um, uh, a couple of times. You know, things will get stuck in post. It's funny. One of the, I think it was like the second feature that I ever acted in. It took eight years for that movie to come out. Jeez. And it's finally on Amazon Prime. But it's like, what good does this do me now? You know, which I, movie is that? Uh, it it was called The American Disciples, and I think it got retitled American Brothers. Oh, is it a biker movie? No, it's like <laughs> it's like about these. I, I'm a supporting character in it, but I think it's like about these guys who these like brothers uh, who had like a shitty childhood, and then they reconnect years later. I think okay. that's what the movie is. I mean, I'm not wrong. That title could have been a biker movie. Yes, right. <laughs> totally. Well, on the poster, they're riding bikes, bicycles. Oh, halfway. Oh, there. yeah. There you so go. Close. <laughs> oh, uh, now, Calvin, I bet I can guess another one of your movies that hasn't come out because it's a point of contention on this very show. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Pool of Blood by Zach Carter. Oh yeah, yeah. I whatever happened to that? I think I get my nipple cut oh, off in that nicely. movie. Zach's been two years ago. Zach said he was done and he would show it. And three years ago, he offered you a role in it. Yes, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I got my uh, I got my nipple cut off in that movie. Dude, what's it like working with Zach? I love Zach. Yeah, w- Zach is great. I, he's you know I haven't worked with him a ton. I think the other one that I worked on, I think it was called Betamax. Oh, I don't know that. There was like an anthology that that him and a bunch of people were making, you know, like v, uh, VHS. They were making one called Betamax. And it's an anthology film? Yeah, just like VHS. How the fuck and, did you not know that? And uh, yeah, and, and I, 
I get killed by like uh, like hippie cult members that are that are on acid, if I remember correctly. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and then of course you worked with um Zach and Spunk's not dead. No. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys actually work together at all in that? <clears throat> uh, no, uh, Zach and I didn't. Um, I I directed one. I was the DP on another short in there, and then I acted in one. But none of those were Zach's. Now. You know, Zach has never actually emailed us with a recommendation for somebody to talk to. So I'm curious what your relation... And for people new to the show, Zach Carter's a friend from... What? From when we started this goddamn podcast. We um, harassed him in... Oh, Oksana, I'm going to turn on your mic. What what the hell was that film fest we went to? Silver Scream. We went to Silver Scream up north here in uh, California. And he was running a Severin booth. Right, we're so irritating. We just would not leave him and uh, his now wife alone. I think we stood there for like forty-five minutes bugging that dude. For the record, uh, that's not me. (laughs) I don't. No, no, you weren't there. Although Silver Scream, the banner for that film fest had a uh, wine glass. So I don't know. It seems like some bougie, lame shit you would have been into. (laughs) Everybody who showed up there, boozy boot. Bougie <laughs> shit. Bougie. As a reminder, I just told you a story about me washing my vape yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and it was dirty. It needed to get washed. <laughs> now, the the thing about the wine, the Silver Screen Fest, oh. is there's a there's a glass of wine. It's spilling. It kind of looks like blood. Because it takes place in wine country, yeah. you dope. Uh, and now, when you show up to that film fest, what would you expect? Hard liquor. And probably some horror movies, right? Right. Well, there were horror movies. There was no wine. <laughs> Half the people that showed up were like, where the fuck is the wine? They didn't get like an alcohol license. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. All right, I'm turning your mic off. Also, Calvin, that's Oksana. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. And I promise there's no more people (laughs) in this fucking show. No, that's fine. Jesus Christ. We're like the fucking Chicago. I'm telling you, no, Calvin gets it. Now, now, Calvin, I first heard about you before Zach emailed us. And as... Horror film podcasts are kind of like the worst type of podcast. Now, agreed. I realize we we've kind of been doing one for a long time. Confirmed. But I like to listen to other random horror podcasts just to know that we're more self-deprecating and uh hopefully interesting than them. Mm-hmm. And I came across one called uh <laughs> The Clark Will Not Stop Making Fun of Me for Listening to called 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things, uh, one of the problems we have on the show is that we run, oh God, we call it the Overlook Hour. I don't think we've ever had a show that's an hour long. And Oh, look, theirs are like five hours. Thank you. And I told them, <laughs> I'm like, hey, people listen to this. Dude, they have some that go eight hours long. They, we- they have such devoted fans, too. It's funny. I, I, like, I lobbied to be on that show. I was like, get me the fuck on here. And they didn't want to at first. They, like, hated me. They hated me so much. They, like, I, like, joined their group. Sorry to interrupt, but I joined their group. And I was like, dude, you got to put me on the show, man. I, I, like, I make movies. I review movies on YouTube. You got to put me on on the show. And they're like, there's no, they actually told me publicly on their page too. They said, there's no way we're going to put him on the show. 
<laughs> for no reason. I swear to God, I can send you guys the the screenshots. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm not used to being bullied. This is really weird. <laughs> and I just kind of like decided to stir up a bunch of shit on their on their uh, fan page. Every time they would talk about a movie, I would just uh, play like devil's advocate or the contrarian just to piss them <laughs> off. And then eventually they were like, hey, I got an email and they're like, hey, man, do you want to be on Italian month? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Italian <No>. month? <laughs> yeah, they all ate spaghetti yeah. on Mike. We're going to review Carbonara. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, that's why I ended up hearing that episode. It was because me and uh, Rugger Diodato. Uh, Rogerio Diodato, we share a birthday. We're very close. Oh, okay. And, uh, we also over here at the over we run a uh, found footage film fest that we've been doing for three years, and yeah. not found footage like oh, I found a movie on a yacht. It's more like uh, the Blair Witch style film. So he comes into our universe a lot, and uh, I was checking it out, and I couldn't. So me and Clark, uh, I, I'm speaking for you, Clark, but I think I'm I'm so confident much. in this in saying that we're. We both come off uh, personable, but I think deeply uh, we share an insecurity. And the one fear I have is that we're wasting our guests' time. Like you're doing right now? Continue. Exactly. <laughs> and, and as long as they're having fun and we treat them well, then everything's good. And on that show, I was just like, they got a guest on here. They don't even put your last name <laughs> in the episode information. Oh, yeah. You have to like, you have to fight for uh for time to talk that's for sure you just have to blurt dude blurt stuff out that's for sure i know and another thing they hate that i do on this show is plug other podcasts i don't know if this is exactly a plug it's more of a uh an addition to my argument that we can go long format and people will hang out but yeah calvin i was so confused by that and also you mentioned zach on there too i do yeah right when i got to that point I uh I texted Zach and I'm like, dude, I just heard you on a random podcast, and he shot back with, "Oh, Calvin's my boy." <laughs> so yeah, enough about that show. Even though they do have eight hour long episodes, Clark, we should add five hours. Now, to Calvin, it. how how long did you have to go through this ordeal? Did you have a five hour episode with them? I think so. Yeah, I oh think so. God. Yeah, you record that in one shot. In one shot, yeah. That's like it's like a full work day. That's for sure. <laughs> how many pee breaks you take? Uh, a lot. Um, <clears throat> it actually got to, I mean, shit, it doesn't matter. No one's listening to this anyway. No, uh, I got to a point where I just like, I just had a, an empty water bottle. I just peed here and then dumped it out. Excellent. I, it got to a point where I was like, oh, they're going to think that I have like some sort of like prostate issue and they're going to make fun of me. So I'll just pee in this it, bottle. They, they put a Z, they put an unnecessary <laughs> Z in their title. <laughs> 22 uh, shots. What does that mean? Uh, uh, okay. That, <laughs> that, so that comes from all of their YouTube handles. Okay. There's, uh, I don't, I don't really know where the 22 comes from, but one of the guys, uh, is moods M O O D Z six one six on YouTube. Another person <laughs> is like JP shots. And then I forget the other guys. YouTube handle, but it's like a combination. I, 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 have, I have enough. Thank you. I've collected enough here. I'm able to. Uh, no, Calvin is a fan. I, so- yeah, I, I am a fan. Yeah. Yeah. 
They belittled this man. They made him work to be a guest on the show. Oh, he- yeah. They, they made me work to be on for five hours and <laughs> pee into a plastic water bottle. Well, we're not going to do that with you. We got 30 more minutes tops. <laughs> no, that's, no. no, that's fine. Oh my lord! Can you no more? No more publicly. What? No more podcast on this podcast. Why? I rule. New. I'm Bill Maring. This can't shit be a right rule. now. This is my Bill Maher moment. New rule. No more new podcast. Thank you. All right. I'll try my best. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Amneville for a minute here. Okay. Now when I. <laughs> was searching for your film, which I rented on the internets, and I type in Amneville. There are so many Amnivilles that pop up. I yes. one showed up with a shark. Yes. I don't know what's happening. I think so- there's a couple of ones with a shark, if I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> He's renting. I mean, this is a further territory for you to explore in the Amityville uh, multiverse. But yes. So, what is the deal? I mean, is Amityville is that title just up for grabs? Like totally. Okay. Totally, because it's it's the name of a city or a town uh, which cannot be copywritten, right? I mean, like it, just like the, the word exorcism or exorcist, right? Sure. I can make I can make a movie called I, I'm I'm almost one hundred percent positive that I can make a movie called Exorcist Two, as long as it's not the Exorcist Two, and I'm not claiming to be part of the canon. Because you can't copyright that. So Amityville is just up for grabs. And what's funny is uh, I didn't, I I obviously didn't make the movie to be part of the Amityville series. Um, When I hooked up with the distributor, it ended up changing. But the funny thing is I keep getting a pass for, for the title. They're like, Oh, these distributors, they, uh, they, they retitled this movie to make a quick buck. And it was actually my idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I when when I was talking to them I said, you know, I just want to get this movie out there. My my biggest concern with these movies are to get the widest release possible. I want to get a physical media release. That's one of my biggest like has to happen sort of things. And I said, you know, and I'm not opposed to changing things. Like if you guys wanted to change it to fit into the the for whatever for whatever reason it's popular right now the the Amityville series have at it and they said that's a great idea so what was the original title of your film uh it went through a couple of different titles i just couldn't couldn't settle on something i think for a while it was don't sleep so i was like oh it could be part of the don't series right um, yeah, and just could never settle on anything. So it really didn't matter to me when, when they liked the idea of, of putting it into the Amityville franchise. Now, having seen the movie, the next question I have to know about the marketing angle is where did the poster come from? Oh, that's breaking glass, man. That's the great thing about distributors is they always have their own team and they make their own posters. It always has me like licking my chops because I know that they're going to come up with something ridiculous. Now, 
that poster's fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> where the where did the gargoyle come uh, in? You gotta ask them. Although <laughs> it does it it looks eerily similar to so I just shot um a new movie, a new feature a cup uh about a month ago. This in post right now. And uh it's a horror comedy that I ended up getting more money than I'm used to shooting something for it's called uh, mutant vampires from the planet neptune and we have this really good uh we had this like really uh really well done silicone mask made for it and it does look eerily similar to the mask from mutant vampires and i know that i know that breaking glass is aware of all the mutant <laughs> vampire stuff so i don't know if that was them being like hey bring your next movie to us we've already got the we've already got the the monster art for it <laughs> we've got the model ready yeah but Dude, i love breaking glass well we've got a homie out there that we met at one of our friends film fest running and they've got such a wide range of films in their catalog yeah yeah they now, do have you ever seen a movie called asshole no i haven't is it as- it's is assholes it plural? okay it's plural there's multiple assholes yes um they're always it's an aside but recommendation because i know i think they put it out and it's fucking it's good oh yeah they did do a double feature with assholes and uh and (laughs) poltergeist dude assholes fucking peter vack yep nice yeah he's he's one of the only guests that i've ever talked about trying to get on the show oh eileen deets is in it i was just on set with her oh really yeah Small world of film. Yeah. Now, now another thing was, I was kind of surprised to see that you had made um, mutant mutant. I don't want to get the title wrong. And mutant vampire. Mutant vampire. I kept wanting to call it zombies because of the goddamn Don the Dead cover, which is oh, yeah. beautiful, by the way. <laughs> Dude, mutant. Zo- uh, mutant. <laughs> Hi, how are you, Russell? Mutant vampires. Uh huh. I don't. I don't even know where I was going. I had it on my radar already. I love the look of that fucking of your, uh, I guess, titular character. <laughs> oh, the 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 monster makeup. Yeah, yeah. Want to be gargoyle? Yes. <laughs> they, you know, the cover of um, Amityville Poltergeist kind of looks like the creatures from The Descent too. Yes, a little bit. Yeah, they, I don't know what they were. <laughs> I, I don't know what they were doing or what their thought process was. I think, I mean, I think it's worked. It's had a, a wide release, whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing. Now, <clears throat> it's interesting because you're talking about getting movies out there, even if you don't want them to. Now, what are, what are some of the movies that you didn't want to get out there or that, you know, it was important for people to see, but you weren't psyched about? Uh, you know, I, I usually have a pretty self-deprecating attitude about things. I think, I, I I mean, I have no delusions that like, that my movies are gonna do anything huge. Um, I should be clear. I'm asking because those are the films I love to look out and I don't believe in, you know, it's so bad. It's good. I like to see a director. I like directors who are foreign or who are a dad and has discovered their new mm-hmm. love for making film. And I love to see people navigate the medium that aren't like, they're not well read on it or went to school, 
But I also love to see like indie directors just making the best of what they got. And I should mention, I do want to strangle you for how many times I had to like correct a Google search to even find its listing. Because <laughs> bedtimescaries.com yes. is the most irritating movie to try yes. and look up. I, I, I think that one is not really out there. Um and and maybe for for good reason. That was really like that was really like figuring out how to make a movie. Like, can I actually make one of these? How does this work? You know, it was it a very little story is going on within those shorts. You know, <laughs> I mean, so I mentioned earlier that we do a film fest that's all in world camera found footage and. Whenever I look through somebody's IMDb, I'm always looking for titles that are more of kind of like a report or kind of like just about what the medium is. So when I seen bedtimescaries.com, <laughs> I instantly thought it's like, oh, okay, we're doing an anthology where somebody's looking at like lively and there's a bunch of horror shorts. But I'm guessing this isn't found footage. No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's uh it's like a, a like a trailer trash website that uh that that i had i had made um it's no longer up but yeah it's about like this this kind of like nerdy kid who comes home from school and his like parents aren't there and he just spends his time watching like it's kind of like this like kind of horror movie youtube channel uh that's just got like a lot of in my mind it was just like a lot of really rough stuff that like you wouldn't want kids to be watching um and it, it yeah it's kind of like about this bullied kid who spends his time after school watching these these shorts and uh and like his his at one point like his dad comes home and isn't happy that that's what he's doing and i, I and I'm probably describing it a lot better than it really is. <laughs> I don't know. I still want to watch it. I would love to see it if you have like a link or something. I, you know, I, I, I I'll look. I'll look. Come on, dig it up from the backyard. <laughs> you know what? I think Zach Carter has a a DVD of it. What? So you made a DVD? Yeah, for for that one, and uh, there's another one. There's another anthology that I made called Three Flies in a Widow's Web because I had this idea that I could go to horror film festivals and and like I made these movies for like zero dollars, you know, and like yeah. like Amityville is made for maybe like a couple grand, and then Mutant Vampires is like twenty grand, you know. But those early ones I literally made with nothing not a single dime you know like barely feeding people and i i had this idea that maybe i would be able to print up dvds and like print out like a cover and cut it cut it out and put it in in dvd cases and like take them to uh like horror conventions and hand them out like it was a mixtape you know yeah and i thought that maybe that would would do something and it never really did, but I ended up giving one to Zach cause he, yeah. Like, like you guys said, he's always running the, the Severin booths. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've got a couple of movies like that. I think, um, I, uh, tormented some people here in the holidays with uh, Christmas with cookie, which was like a goblin 
who was dressed like Santa, but I, oh, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. So that was a movie that was handed out at um, an LA convention we were at. And there's something weird with the horror community. Like the ones who really just digest everything, who would just devour every film in front of them. They don't really talk about it. So just so you know, your film, it's probably out there in some loving hands who will never let it go or take it to a, a second round thrift shop. And uh, they're just not going to talk about it, though. Right. So if you send me those DVDs, I'm one of those <laughs> people. And that's kind of why we do this show is to get people on here and talk about the films that there's just no conversation happening with. Right. Well, We've been flipping through Three Flies in a Widow's Web, which honestly I love the title too. You're is it is it a Jalo like the title would suggest? Uh no, it's it it's not, but it's it's definitely uh an homage to to Argento's Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Oh dude, I like it. And the images you have on IMDb look good. Now is this one of the films you're proud of? Uh Three Flies? Three flies and a widow. Yeah, one. yeah. Three flies. Uh, no, no. That's another one. So I think <laughs> I, I, I think that like there's right now there's probably like two, uh, two little sections uh of like movies that I've made that I consider to be like maybe like real movies. So like bedtime scaries, three flies, and another one called uh, if these walls could talk were really just me trying to figure out how to make a movie. There's a lot of mistakes and um, the audio is really bad. Um, it's just like, like trying to figure it out and how to efficiently make a movie and learning, you know, or taking things that I learned in, in school and applying them uh, to making a movie. And then like the second batch of movies that I, that are probably ones that I'm, a little bit more proud of are uh Jesus I was evil uh Amityville poltergeist and then mutant vampires I think are like it, some of the first times that I actually I had other goals other than just making the movie if that makes sense yeah do you want to get into it I guess I imagine it's networking is a big part of it yeah, um, I, I I think so. You know, I also I I have a pretty good, at least what I consider a pretty good relationship with uh, distribution companies. Um, you know, I, I I I hear a lot of horror stories, and I think that that there's just a lot of ego that gets in the way of having a good relationship. I also, I came from sales too. So when I talk to these guys, I'm usually like, I know there's a deal here, right? There's like, <laughs> there's a way to get this done. There's a way for us both to get what we want here. Um, so, you know, I feel like, like the, you know, that the distribution has been better and better. And there's maybe a little bit less, uh, like self-promotion that I've needed to do. Like I've been really surprised with Amityville Poltergeist you know, the, the, I, I've gotten like a lot of reviews. I couldn't believe how wide the release has been. Um, you know, it, and to be fair, it's like, it's not all, you know, there's been some, some decent reviews and then there's been some that are really like trying to 
I don't know, crush my soul maybe. <laughs> but uh, I'm I, I'm a lot tougher than that. I always think like I'm a, I'm an actor. There's very little you're gonna say that's gonna hurt my feelings. Do you have a particular favorite or uh, least favorite review? Uh, oh, I I love the bad ones. I laugh at the bad ones. Um, oh now, my did God. you have to? Did you have to really sort of like develop a callus for that, or um, are you just naturally that way? Um, I think I, just brush it off. I think I'm naturally that way. I mean, you know, I I, I don't know. I've always been an asshole and ran with asshole friends, so nothing. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not used to being babied or anything like that. Right. No, you're used to fighting dudes who say you will never get on our podcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm used to getting getting bullied. Yeah. Twenty two shots will really develop a callus for you. I imagine you pissed on a, a water bottle on air. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you served your time. Yeah, but. Yeah. I, I'm super curious. Everybody we talk to, they always have like a review that stands out to them, be it good or bad. And I'm like, yeah, I know the minute you put Amityville on the in the title of a movie, people are going to shit on it without watching it. Yes. Uh, OK, there there was one. There was one where I was like, OK, you know, because he he clearly isn't paying attention to the movie. And it's not like I blame him. Right. I mean, it's a very low budget movie we're talking about. A, a couple grand, maybe. Um, so I don't blame the guy for not paying attention, but like in the movie, it keeps like cutting back and forth in time. And when I edited, I was like, okay, like people are, some people are kind of, kind of dumb. Maybe <laughs> I need to do the, the uh, law and order thing where I'll actually put the date and the time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make that decision. I'm going to go for it. And the guy wasn't paying attention. And in his review, he, he said on, on a website too, which I, I'm pretty sure this guy's getting paid to watch the movie. So he, he didn't watch it very well. And he was like, oh, at one point there's a scene where it's in January. And then in the, the, when it cuts, it's, it's in August or whatever. And he didn't realize, I guess, that it's jumping back and forth in time and he was like you know they they didn't even pay that much attention in the editing process and they're like but judging by the quality of the movie uh letters and numbers are clearly not calvin mccarthy's strong suit (laughs) (laughs) i was like wow all right he just called you illiterate yeah he called me stupid (laughs) like well come on uh, but uh no nah, it's i i thought that was funny i mean honestly like that that's sort of what film criticism has ki- i mean this is an avenue of film criticism unfortunately these days like it's just a platform for them to write snarky sentences. yeah well yeah. and it's it's way more fun to hate on a movie than to like it Right. I mean, we all know that. I think especially as horror fans, it's way more fun to poke fun at something. Yeah, it's really lame, though, too. And as somebody who's written bad reviews, I know you get kind of a kick out of being like witty and kind of like harsh. Oh, but for you sure. Never, you never fucking bring the dude's name in. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like personal. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like that makes it ugly. Like, 
Amityville Poltergeist. I bought it at Walmart. I don't give a fuck. There's no gargoyle in it. It's like, right. okay, that's <laughs> you don't call the dude out. Who the fuck wrote though, Kevin? You know, fuck Calvin's an idiot. Fuck that. Like, that's a roast culture, dude. You know, I actually blame Rotten Tomatoes for it because you go to their website and they only they almost do the thing that like has degraded journalism, where it's like, here's a headline. We know mm. you're not going to click it, so good enough. Sure. And you go in there, it's like rotten. What they have to say? Movie fucking sucks. Dude's literate. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, I guess I won't watch it. I don't know. I, the other thing. With horror movies, when somebody's a critic, and I'm air quoting, um, I don't half the time they're not even fucking watching these movies. I'm surprised that the dude paid attention to the uh, inner titles in the film. Yeah, uh, it, it, Sorry, it is I'll, strange. I, <laughs> I have to rent. I, you know, on the show we end up defending like micro budget or indie horror. Like honestly, I think any film there's. There's value to like looking at it and learning from it. And I also tell people, yin and yang, man, you got to watch bad shit to understand what you like and what you like about good stuff. And you have to have a wide palette. And I don't know. I don't know why that bugged me. I don't like they put your name in it. We were talking, <laughs> we had a buddy who made a, um, oh man, the fear footage. Now, everything about that film just rings like amateur or indie. And then, you know, people come in with their guard down because they're like, man, this movie's going to be fucking stupid. And it terrifies people. Like, like literally, like people, there's comments all over the internet. People are like, I had to stop. I had to like come back in in segments. I mean, we, we introduced it in a theater and there were people heckling the movie while it played who were like jumping out of their seat. Yeah. And the thing I don't like is that nobody... People don't walk away from watching the room, and yeah, say, but the like, guy that was heckling literally wears a top hat on a regular I, I know. basis, and he is smuggles. a fuckhead. Also, he smuggles in wine, so yeah, he's a fucking weirdo. Well, it's not hard to do. His belly is two canned hams. See, but now, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you were to mention his name, I'd have a problem with that. His but, name is Top Hat. No, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm Randy, sorry. Leave this in. I uh, apologize for ranting on this topic, but it's like, dude. There's so many interesting people making interesting products. And then for a dude with a, a platform to sum it up in a sentence and just be like rude and clearly not giving the attention it needed. And eh, fuck off, dude. What website was it? I'm going to go in there and leave him a mean <laughs> comment. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure it's on the IMDb with the, the critical reviews. It's one of those. Also. Fuck IMDb reviews. <laughs> the, the dude. Oh was- no, it's not. It's not on there. It's you know how you can go. You can find the list of websites that yeah. have reviews. Yeah, it's it's on there. It's not one of the user reviews. The user okay. reviews are like you know everybody leaves a bad one if there's Thank a user you. review. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you get that. I mean, clearly, again, you fought your way into a podcast that told you no. I'm sure you can handle an IMDb. Dude, IMDb is probably the worst website to take a recommendation. Yes, I agree. (laughs) I agree. It's fucking terrible. There's like, I remember when um, Citizen Kane, no, Vertigo had passed up Citizen Kane as like the agreed upon best movie ever made. Right. And on IMDb, it had like a 6.4. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, but Shawshank's like a 9.8, man. Yeah. It's up. It's high. I feel like that in The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight was number one for a long time, I think. On IMDb? Yeah. It was yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But Calvin, you were talking about you know how important it is for your films to get a physical release. Are you, are you a big uh, collector? Oh, I'm a huge collector. I have a, a room in my house that's just a just a movie room, just a, a Blu-ray, DVD, and VHS tapes, just wall to wall. Um, so yeah, I, I collecting is something that I've done since I was very very young. Now, why no laser disc? No laser discs. I know. I I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, I look for them when when I'm out and about. Uh, but I don't I don't have like a I don't have really a connection to them. You yeah, know, VHS. I have a very uh, a very strong connection to VHS. How many VCRs you got? Uh, I've got a couple. I've got a couple. You can still buy them new. You can buy a, uh, a DVD, uh, VHS player and recorder too, so you can burn your your VHS onto DVDs. What and the they're fuck? yeah, it's like thirty bucks on Amazon. We gotta get one of those. <laughs> oh, don't tell him that, Cal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at what you've no, got. We've got a like, oh my god, like first generation portable tv vcr combo oh yeah and what uh, maybe 12 uh, inches tops yeah and it weighs like 500 pounds yes and it's cool it comes with a carrying case that is made to be like cute but (laughs) not and um yeah i've got three other vcrs downstairs that one of them we have hooked up to the projector but man i should i watched fright night on that thing it was tight on which on that tv I don't know. So in the room we're in right now, we do a we've kind of dedicated it to the podcast and all of the um, physical media overflow has come in here. So it's a lot of VHS tapes. And because it kind of doubles as a guest room, like when uh, when we're done recording, I harass you to come down here and watch movies with us. You Hell yeah. This room and there's a little like eight inch, the portable combo. For some reason, Clark will come in here. To watch his Ninja Turtles live concert on that TV, as opposed to doing it down on the projector, right? I don't. It's cooler. I don't know. I think you're you're in it for the wrong reasons, dude. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> you're in it for vanity. And Calvin, we got to get you going on the laser disc. I know. Tell me, you find Akira the Criterion release, and you're going to pass that up? R- right. Yeah. No. Not gonna, not gonna pass it up. Yeah. What? Um. You got a number? What's your inventory? You know, I, I don't have, I don't, I don't keep it exact. Um. Oh God! If I had to guess, I'm afraid of guessing too low. <laughs> um. It's got to be over a thousand. It's got to be. Um. A thousand isn't bad. Yeah, it's got to be over a thousand. Um, it it can be tough to ballpark that. Yeah, I got an app called My Movies. Uh, I'd I'd hate to plug them because I feel like they could do so much more with this platform. But My Movies, I we did we pay for this? I think we did. It was like a dollar, right? It was ten ten dollars. Oh my god. Anyway, they have a barcode scanner. So you can go through and scan all the Blu-rays, DVDs, and they have, you can manually input, I think, most VHS tapes because they clearly don't have a huge library of them. Right. But it's a good way to like, 
I don't know, catalog everything because I know once you start collecting and you hit that like thousand mark, you get out there to like a thrift store and you're like, do I own that? Yes. And then you come home and you're like, dude, I own three of them. Right. Or you go, God, I swear I had this movie, but maybe, maybe I don't. Right. Yep. And it was cheap. And then you go back and it's like fucking Driller Killers, $80 on DVD now. Right. Which happened. I sold all my movies one time. I, it's a distant nightmare now, but I remember I went back to Amoeba. Amoebas are, uh, you, you, are you familiar with Amoeba? Yeah. Yeah. So we went back to the one on hate and I found my old copy that I think they gave me like $10 for. Yeah. Fucking $59.99. Oh yeah. I was like, am I really going to buy this? Now is that, is that the bulky one with the red cover that's got the, the porn he did? (laughs) Yeah, it is. Okay. It's numbered, which I mean, I'm sure you know now all the boutiques now, like vinegar syndrome and shit like, dude, Mm -hmm. they just do it so much better. Yes. So did you ballpark your number? Uh, uh, for, uh, for my collection. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I'm going to say 15 to 1700, maybe. Yeah. It's an entire room's worth. I mean, it's just shelves on shelves. And then it's like I'm not counting because my my grandma is full Japanese and she lived in in Japan until the 60s and she had relatives that would send her movies and they don't have the cases. They're just the DVDs. But uh, when she passed away, I got all of those. And it's like I'm not counting those. If I was counting those, I mean, I I. You know, I have like a lot of overflow of shit. So, man, it's it's really tough. Now, are her films in Japanese? They are. They are. Can you speak? No subtitles. No, very, very little. Very little. Very little Japanese. Damn. I wonder all the treasures in there. I know. And I go through and I look at them and there's like... You know, there are people in my family who kind of know Kana and Kanji. There's ways of figuring out movies. And I'm a big, uh, big Japanese movie fan, Um, especially like the Toho movies. The Godzilla movies are like huge for me. So sometimes I can recognize, like I can tell if it's a Toho movie and then I can recognize an actor and then I could go to their IMDb and find it. Man, there, there's ways of figuring it out. Well, I mean, we live in San Francisco. Half the people out here speak Japanese. We right. Like, they worship the goddamn culture. My sister, she was, yeah, she's working on linguistics major so she could be a translator into Japanese. Oh, wow. Yeah, we got to we got to figure these movies out. Because I bet you got some gems in there. Yes. Do you, do you think any of it's recorded off of television? Some of it is, yeah. Dude. Yeah, the Japanese like movie channel. There's like there's obviously like we have like Encore and HBO and stuff like that. And and then we have like Shudder. And they have stuff like that too. There's no commercials, but every now and then on certain DVDs there's like a like a little like break and it's clearly like this animation for like the samurai channel or something. <laughs> yeah. The Ronin network. Yeah. 
So are you a big anime guy too? I, I, you know, I'm not. That's one that kind of escaped me. Once again, I wouldn't rule it out. Like I have, I have my favorites that I was like freaky about. Oh, but that's a good adjective. Yeah, I'll tell you, I've ruled out anime. My life is free. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, what are your fa- what are your freaky favorites? Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho is my favorite. No idea. You've no. never. Oh, okay, man. I would. I would recommend that one. I think it was like early nineties. Um, I believe, but yeah, it's uh, it's about a guy who is like an asshole, and then he dies, and he kind of gets a second <laughs> chance as like a spirit detective. He can come back to life, but he can see. I think it plays a lot with like uh, like Shinto spirits and stuff like that and he gets to come back to life and be like a detective for the afterlife it's pretty cool clark you should be into that i do like that concept yeah a a dick dies yeah back and then comes back as a spirit dick yeah as a spirit dick yeah Yeah. (laughs) spirit dick i like that yeah i'm you know for a while i was trying to branch out into doing kind of like a i don't know more thoughtful approach to like anime because we have so many friends out here who just like love it like we have the cherry blossom festival in san francisco and i don't know there's a fanime out here in san jose and people love it and i remember talking to film programmers and being like how come you don't do more anime programming and i guess you have to pay per episode if you want to show a show and you know they don't really love the feature in um japan animation but like perfect blue and like shitoshi khan's been getting a lot of love out here and um i don't know i'd be i'd be interested in hearing some like heady breakdowns yeah yeah i don't know all right we'll wrap uh again we're not we're not gonna try to match this uh 22 shots of uh, (laughs) no um before we wrap up here, so Calvin, you said you're in uh, post-production on uh, Mutant Vampires from the Planet Neptune? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. I'm currently in post-production. I've got uh, I've got an assembly cut going. I think that as soon as I'm done working, uh, as soon as I'm done acting in this movie that I'm doing right now, uh, which is also, it's a comedy horror uh, called Last Sleigh Ride oh, I like that it. I star in. Um, it's got Eileen Dietz and Elisa Downing from, uh, uh, we are still here and the girl on the third floor. Oh, cool. Um, they, that was awesome to do, by the way, I was really nervous to work with her. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I think that I should really have a, a good sense of where the movie is at mutant vampires. Um, probably in June, um, I think I'll probably hand it off to someone to do the music for, and uh, yeah, yeah, should should be coming out pretty soon. I I, I have uh, I have more faith in that one I think than I've had in, in any of my other films, which is always a good sign. I and you know it's it always trips me out. Me and Clark will sit here all day and be like, man, we got to do something, we got to make something. And then we have we have so many friends now through the podcast that are like these talented creative artists who just constantly rip their own work. And I don't know, I I they always turn out to be the most like honest and kind people. And um Calvin, I don't know, man. Thanks for thanks for doing the show. 
And I actually have I have homework for you. Okay. You're you're an indie filmmaker. Yes. And sir. Uh, I can tell you know a lot of people out there. You probably fi- and you're a fucking collector. If you find anything like an Amazon Prime gem or some weird fucking DVD somebody handed you at a convention, Ooh. please email me. Okay. If, if you think I should watch it, I'd love to because it's what we cover on here. And I feel like you're the you're the type of dude who's got his ear to the ground. Okay. Yeah. 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 So let me know what we should be talking about because when our show's produced by our guest, it's really at its best. You know what? That's our new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Calvin, I give you no homework. I, I just <laughs> thank you. Live a healthy life. Be free and happy. <laughs> And uh, I support you all the way. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you so much for having me on. This was great. Yeah. Yeah. So cut out 22 shots of horror. They're five hours too long. (laughs) We'll offer you three hours. Just take 21 shots of horror. And uh, I'll offer you a production job. uh, Okay. That's what we should talk about. See, we're much better. We that sounds great. On the show. And we spell our name correctly. (laughs) (laughs) No fucking Z. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you so much.